The Lifestylist, episode 147. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast, along with many others, is brought to you by my friends over at Organifi. And today, the product I'd like to talk about is Organifi Gold, and it gets a serious gold medal. The purpose of this particular product is to soothe you and to help you recover and relax. So I typically do this one at night in a hot drink, which I'll tell you about, although you can do it on ice during the daytime. It's kind of an all-in-one deal. But the core ingredient of the gold is turmeric, and it's an anti-inflammatory spice It's one of my favorites. I use it all the time. It's got actually over 8,000 published studies and articles showing its numerous health benefits. So I'll make myself a nice fatty little golden latte to wind the night down. It's also a way that I cheat and trick my friends into thinking I'm a really good chef because I make this amazing drink. But literally all there is is hot water and Organifi gold and some ghee or coconut oil and it tastes amazing because it's got uh, coconut milk and cinnamon and ginger and lemon balm and a couple medicinal mushrooms. So it's a really warm, relaxing beverage and it's clinically proven to reduce stress. So that's what I like to do at night. That's Organifi Gold. And you can mix it into all kinds of drinks and smoothies and make ice cream out of it and everything. It's just totally badass. And more than anything, I mean, it's good for you and all that, of course, but it's just super, super delicious. I love this stuff. I live on it. Okay, so go to Organifi.com slash Luke. That's Organifi with an I. Organifi.com forward slash Luke. And if you use the code LIFESTYLIST, you'll save 20% off on your little bucket of gold. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke, 20% off with LIFESTYLIST. All right, health fanatics, I got a new discovery for you. You guys know that I'm always searching for the latest and greatest when it comes to superfoods and supplements and herbs, right? Well, my latest discovery is not disappointing. It's called Athletic Greens. And you can go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke to check it out for yourself. So this is more than just another greens product. There's a lot of those on the market. Some of them are great. This is really a complete whole food supplement. It's got 75 ingredients in it. It's been developed over 10 years by doctors, nutritionists, naturopaths. One scoop is actually having like 11 supplements in one. So if you're someone that doesn't want to take bunch of pills and things like that. You put a scoop of this in any smoothie, water, whatever. It's got a really great flavor. It's actually delicious. It sort of has this vanilla meets berry kind of flavor, but it's subtle enough that it easily mixes into just about any kind of smoothie or drink you're going to make. So it's super convenient, super potent. And what's rad for you is you get 20 free travel packs valued at 99 bucks with your first purchase. So here's where you go. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke to claim your special offer right now. If you're hearing my voice right now, there's a good chance that you're a ride or die 
old school OG Lifestylist podcast listener because this is, of course, one of my special Friday bonus episodes. And this one will not disappoint. If you're new to the show, welcome to the party. You've stumbled across a really special episode. Before we jump into the details on this one, let me tell you about next week's show. It's featuring my buddy Ryan Muncy, where we're talking about productivity and mindset. The title of that show is How to Get Your Shit Together and Keep It That Way. Pretty clever, huh? I thought of that one myself. And speaking of myself, I've got a couple speaking engagements coming up that I'm really excited about, and I would love to invite you. The first one is a panel at One Taste Venice, presented by General Assembly. That's on July 26th. Then I'll be doing a super deep dive on biohacking at Next Health, August 22nd. You can find those events and any events to follow that I'll be participating in, that is, at lukestory.com forward slash events. Okay, on to this epic episode. This is the Longevity Now Conference All-Stars, folks. This is a really, really special show. I recorded six interviews backstage at the Longevity Now Conference in Anaheim, California, I've been going there for many years, and I just have to tell you, the people that you find not only presenting there, the speakers, uh, of which I recorded a few interviews as well, you might have already heard Kyle Cease, and there's a couple more coming out later, but the people that attend these things and the vendors are just some of the most brilliant and fascinating people in the world. And every time I go, I'm just amazed with the amount of wokeness. Is that a word? The amount of wokeness happening. I'm just going to use it anyway. In this event. And I'd also like to thank my friend Angela Hartman, who made me the official podcaster of the event and gave me access to many of these fantastic people. She's also been behind a few of the other episodes that I've done here too, like David Wolf and uh, many others that I'm sure you've enjoyed. So big ups to Angela Hartman. Never forget the people that helped you on your way up, folks. And Angela's one of them. Love her. All right. So here's what happens in this show. I ask each of our six guests the same questions. So it's a lightning round, roughly. I mean, I missed a couple here and there, but the idea is that I had a page of questions. I wish it was six questions. That would be hot, right? Six by six or something. I could have come up with a clever name. It's probably like 10 questions for each guest and uh, the same questions with very different answers with the exception of one. There's one that almost every single person answered the same and they had no idea what the questions were going to be. So it's pretty mind boggling. So I talked to them about health, God, meditation, and tons of other deep and life-changing topics. But the answers are so unique for the most part that I think this one is really going to give you some benefit. It's kind of a psychedelic trip into the deepest realms of the new age health scene. It's pretty awesome. So here are our six contenders. Here's the six guests that go head-to-head with your boy Luke here. First is my buddy Zen Wildflower Nishimura. He's the founder of Zen Bunny. Then we've got the lovely Sahara Rose. She's the best-selling author of The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. And a little spoiler alert here, she's also got a full-on episode devoted to her coming up real soon, so you can look out for that. Then we've got Scott Lindy, the founder of Sun Potion, one of my favorite herbal companies. And then we have my girl, Sabrina Riccio, host of the Sovereign Society podcast, on which I was a recent guest. Then my friend Aaron Alexander drops in. He's the host of the Align podcast. He's been on the show. I've been on his show. He's a manual therapist and a movement coach. Amazing guy. And then last but absolutely not least, my friend Taro Isakaupila, founder of Four Sigmatic. I'm sure all you guys are using Four Sigmatic, right? I mean, they run ads on the show. I talk about them and use them constantly. Well, Taro is the uh, the wacky fin behind that brand. And he's been on the show twice before, but this one might be like his most 
out there episode. We just went into some really trippy stuff, which you'll hear about uh, momentarily. So those are the six guests of the Longevity Now All-Stars. It brings me great pleasure to deliver this episode to you, especially at the very end, all right? I want, I want to make sure you guys stick through to the end because Scott Lindy comes back for a reprise. He walks back in the room and we do part two with him at the very end, which is all about his insane trip to see John of God in Brazil. And if for nothing else, you want to stick through this episode to the end. Thank you so much for listening to the Lifestylist Podcast. I'm Luke Story, and here we go with the Longevity Now All-Stars. We're going to kick off this episode in reverse alphabetical order with my friend, the mystical man himself, Zen Wildflower Nishimura. Zen, what's up, buddy? How are you, Luke? Good, dude. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. The purveyor of always my chocolate coffee the best incense in the world like you are in my life a lot your work is in my dna so what's Thank your name you so what, much what's your name for the audience uh my name is zen wildflower awesome and what do you do i am a uh, biodynamic chocolatier a purveyor of coffee um, all things regenerative and uh a papa awesome yeah yes you are okay yeah. what's one myth that's prominent in the health industry something that people think is true that is not true in your opinion alkaline water what about it i don't think that it does what everyone thinks it does <laughs> okay okay good next we're, i told you we're gonna blast yeah, through these it's the first quick. time the first time i've done this format so okay. i'm like i'm not used to it either i'm like uh okay i guess you said I, quick right i'm like I'm i like, guess i say the next thing now let's let's see what but happens it's, it's good okay it's good no it's great it's a just another experiment <laughs> in the lifestyleist podcast have you ever overdosed on an herb or a supplement and gotten a negative effect out of something that would otherwise be good for you so many times oh give me a couple one of the first uh, herbalist that I worked with is Truth Calkins, and he just always goes so hard. And he would Me just have, he just just take half a bottle of deer antler, uh, take twenty four of this herb, uh, and I just went on his protocol. And I was I just had a stomach ache all day, every day, and I just thought this was the way to go. So I did it for a few weeks, and then I finally realized maybe I should tone it down a little bit. And I have really gotten into the idea of simples, which is just sing, single herbs. Uh, infusions, hot or cold, and just enjoying like the connection with individual herbs. And that's become my daily practice. I went from hardcore adaptogenic, triple extracted, everything, highest level. And sometimes that doesn't work. It actually works when you touch the leaf, you're looking at the leaf and you put it in the water and you drink it. And that can be so profound. And I have found those kind of results working uh, really well for me. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I've I've worked with Truth as well, and he'll be at some point. He'll be a guest on the show. We're in, we're in talks about it, but yes. yes. Other than myself, I've never met anyone more hardcore than Truth Calkins. Yeah, so, so you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. And yeah, are, he was coaching me for a while, and it, it's exactly like you said. Yeah. It's like you know, a smoothie would have 150 ingredients, and yeah. it would cost like 300 dollars. Exactly. Day, you know? Yeah, I would tell Bunny, I was like. So I'm going to get these supplements. She's like, oh, how much are they? It's like 600 bucks for what I got to take for the next week or two. Yeah. And she was like, oh, really? Let's, yeah. let's discuss this. Why don't you just try that herb and some tea? I love that. I so, love the simple approach. Yeah. Uh, what is one crazy health trend that you've seen, seen come on the scene and are surprised that it's lasted? 
I want to say grounding, even though it just started. I'm so excited for that trend and I hope it stays. And it is literally the most important thing. And it's free. It's easy. And the fact that people are talking about it and uh, and also the new uh, raw water scandals and things. I mean, these are things that are so elemental to one's being that uh, I, I welcome all all the the press good or bad and like let's go towards returning back to nature as the trend awesome that's yeah. a good one okay next who are three health experts that you admire david wolf he uh transformed my life him and daniel vitalis were probably the two most important people that i started at this convention 14 years ago uh and this is really what kind of got me on my path and created our brand um a third person would be this acupuncturist that passed away, like really just kind of understanding our body's meridian points and understanding the interconnected connectiveness of ourselves and how we can really just connect within ourselves to just heal so many different ways. And uh, acupuncture kind of led me down that path. Awesome. Love it, man. What are the top three dietary toxins that people should avoid? Tap water. <laughs> just as a whole it's a toxin it's true though it has like hundreds of toxins in yeah, it but compounded into one thing right. uh, tap water that's a cheat because like you can include like about two thousand other toxic chemicals in tap water all right that's a good one give me two more white flour white sugar yeah love it the cocaines of food yeah it's it's something that is so heavily consumed and it is so denatured it doesn't even make sense our bodies don't even know how to deal with unnatural things and we've become accustomed to that and so i think returning back to nature on all levels is really where you're going to find the true health dude the other day i was at the grove right with <laughs> listeners it's a mall in hollywood it's it's nice it's an outdoor mall I mean, as far as malls go it's, it's pretty, one it's of pretty nice, chill okay. at least it's outside now they have this i forget the name of it but it's the you know the cronut are you familiar with the cronut i am familiar okay with the it's like this i have had one fam, you know famous chef in yeah, new york yeah. opened the cronut so the real cronut guy opened a spot in the grove <laughs> I and i walk it. by it all the time and they have like a wait list it's like this really yeah. foo-foo whole situation over there <laughs> and i walked in there and i hadn't eaten and i didn't have my daily fat and yeah. so i was like oh my god i want a goddamn cronut don't do it don't do it i'm in <laughs> I get in line like a douche. I'm sitting there waiting for, you know, 20 minutes for a piece of white flour and white sugar, essentially. With, made with tap water and refined sugar. Yes, totally, yeah. Not organic, glyphosate, yeah. Roundup, yeah. full-on thing. Mm. Ate, um, got, ate my cronut, which was freaking delicious. I love that you did it. It was like the pornography of food. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, you know, you shouldn't do it and it's pretty toxic, but yeah. it just feels so damn good. Yeah. Um, so I ate that and then I had a giant cinnamon roll too. And no problem. I felt pretty good for the next day. I was fine. I mean, That's I, Awesome. Had some charcoal later on yeah. and stuff to like, you know, it's like a very eating disorder way of like cheating on my diet. Right. It's like having a bunch of bentonite clay afterward. But I thought I got away with it. And then dude, for the past, this is a week ago, <laughs> for the past the week, full on wake up every night with heartburn. Mm. Like it just wrecked my gut. Yeah. Just one time. Yeah. It's crazy. And I used to live like that. And I used to have a heartburn for 15 years and digestive yeah. problems and diarrhea and constipation. It was just yeah. a disaster. So I love those because those are ones that are literally like in almost all food and also ones that people are like, oh, it's no big deal. Like whatever. People are just uptight. I'm like, no, dude, it's really bad for you. And you had felt it because you're so clean. The cleaner yeah. you get, that unfortunately or fortunately, the cleaner you get, the more connected you are to your body and what's happening. And so it made sense that you did feel it. It just took a little bit of time for yeah, it to get Yeah, it was get a delayed reaction. I thought I got away with that shit. Yeah. 
What's your all-time favorite book? The one that I'm reading right now. What's that? Only because it's whatever I'm reading right now is my favorite. Okay. That's actually the answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not a specific book. That's my answer. But uh, the book I'm reading right now is uh, The Hidden Code of Languages. That's the book I'm going to get you. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Just reprogramming. It words mi- are so powerful. It might soon become mine. Yeah, I've been working on my on my words a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. Like This guy can't like... Alchemy can never listen to anything that I want to share because this guy... Your daughter? Yeah. Because I swear too much? Yeah, she doesn't even know what those words are. Oh, dude. You know, (laughs) you're not the first person that said that. Somebody left... uh, It was either an email or like a review on the podcast. or like, we really love your work, but we have an eight-year-old daughter and my wife and I... We drive a lot and we commute and we really want to listen to the show, but our daughter's in the car. Is there any way you could tone it down? And I took it to heart. I yeah, am yeah. actually making a fucking effort yeah. to <laughs> tone down the profanity on the show. Uh, no, I, in all seriousness, I, I actually am because I, I don't want to alienate people. Yeah. But then I went and saw Tony Robbins uh, a couple He weeks uses ago. it as an exclamation point yeah, in certain and I was situations. Like, Why am I so uptight? This guy, he's got a stadium full of 12,000 people yeah. giving him $20,000 each and he's yeah. swearing like a freaking sailor. But, you know, he's also earned maybe the, you know, the right to, to be there. This book will bring it kind of in a new context really? for you. Does it talk about profanity? Oh, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Does I, it, well, I got the book and I read one chapter and I was like, I got to get this book to Luke. Does it say about profanity that it's like low energy and, you know, yeah, so that it's I mean, negative? just the vibration of that, the F word. And I mean, you could just, you don't even have to think about it more than a second and you just know what you're putting out there. Right. Now, so. oh, man. I know. All he right. might clean up. All right. Uh, I'm going to check it out. Bunny and I are, it's hilarious because we used to swear a lot. And literally, like, once we had alchemy, we just ceased all of that languaging. And it was a fantastic lesson. You know, That's sometimes cool. as a joke, when she goes to bed, we'll just start spitting, like, just ridiculous cuss words at each other just for fun. <laughs> so you don't, you guys don't swear in front of your daughter? Oh, no, we don't swear at all. Wow. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I love it. What's one physical issue that you have not been able to fix through your own healing journey? My left knee. Yeah. What's up with it? Uh, I've got something called Ashka Slaughter. You could actually even just see it right there. The, oh. My bone just, it's, it's a, the bone just keeps growing. And uh, I've tried a lot of things. I'm excited to try the amp coil and I would eventually do some stem cell in there. Oh, good idea. Um, but that has not worked. Yeah. But, uh, besides everything, Meditation has cured just about all of it. Oh, good. Because we're going to get to that. One of my other questions. Uh, What's your favorite herb or superfood? Chaga. Chaga? Yeah. Cool. Why? It's interesting because I've spent a lot of time with different herbs. And what I practice is is basically having a relationship with each herb for a period of time and assessing how that goes. And Chaga just resonated with me uh, probably from my right russian siberian heritage it was like this this is the the power that i've been uh wanting and uh it's just been so empowering like, and what are some of the ways that you take it do you boil the the raw you know the big chunks and make tea or what do you do exactly i decoct it um the beauty of it is it gives so much it has so much life force you can reuse it dozens and dozens of times so i boil it and boil it again and boil it again and then i have this interesting and beautiful relationship with the first boil to the 30th boil where i'm getting different things from it and the energy levels uh start to kind of build within it and compound so i like to just like go through the whole process i like to drink it within five minutes an hour 
the next day, you know, whatever the, the time span is. And I kind of get a long, full spectrum benefit awesome. from it. Yeah, so, that's yeah. awesome. That's one of my favorites too. I know. Yeah. If you could only do one form of exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be? Walking. Walking. Okay, nice. What's your least favorite form of exercise? Running. <laughs> I never thought about You're it. Like, but... I like walking, just not walking fast. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm into whatever, uh, in, you know, the, I think I read something about like, run in a burst you know like just like as right. if like you're like something is truly chasing you i think that's right. important to build the adrenaline up to that level yeah i mean that's a kind of a paleolithic approach to fitness right yeah. where your hunter gatherer would have walked like huge expanses of, yeah. of distance and land on a regular basis yeah. migrating all over the place yeah. and then they would have either been chased by an animal or chasing an animal exactly in short spurts so that's exactly. it's, it's kind of what we've evolved to do in terms of exercise i think yeah. a lot of the sort of high intensity interval training i would think is sort of born out of that idea lifting heavy shit to yeah. get a rock out of the way of your cave or whatever and then exactly. running to catch a deer and then running away from a lion and yeah. you know those like short bursts of really strenuous exercise yeah i mean another one it would be a flat foot squat and just observing grounded and i like to sit on have some hills and mountains i, I live at and i just flat foot squat barefoot observe and that practice is really a, a profound and powerful exercise cool like yeah. looking scanning the horizon while I'm you're really into observation from where we live and we specifically bought this property for this and kind of getting back into the mind state of like oh wow the the natives of this place would i could totally see them flat foot squatting right here because that's the, our natural position and seeing what happens. And so I like to choose different spaces and do that and watch and, oh, I would have seen that happen or avoid that. Or, so yeah, neat. it's pretty fun. Uh, I love that. Dude. Yeah. This is fun. I like this format of oh, interview. Right. This is Let's cool. I'm having a great time. I really love this guy. Uh, I'm thanks, so glad then. this guy is just doing it. I, I've, I've appreciated it from thanks, the second brother. I heard about you through Daniel uh, Vitalis and, uh, just to share this amazing insight that all these different people have, because I think David was talking about earlier, we're so extreme with like, it's either this or this. And you're like, there's probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that have very unique and amazing perspectives on things that right. we should all extract our little tidbits. And you're finding such amazing light beings and just broadcasting this wide range of information and you just kind of pick and choose with what resonates with you. And I think that that's kind of where you evolve with your philosophy and how you live. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this guy says that or that girl says that. That's and, cool. Yeah. So. It's, I, I like to think of it as this and, this yeah. and, and, and. Rather I'm so than, excited to be an and right now. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe it. Well, rather than, rather than the, the duality of either or, like. Yeah. If you like chocolate, that means you hate vanilla. Well, yeah. how about if I like chocolate and vanilla? Yeah. You know? Okay. So what's your favorite alternative health device or technology at the moment? Biohacking, geeky tech stuff. If you're even mm. into any of that. I'm into all of it. I've been using a grounding sheet and a grounding mat for about, I don't know, ever since Clint came out with it. He launched it at a show that I was at. Maybe it was like 12 years ago. So I've been sleeping grounded and working on my computer grounded. And I feel like that makes all the difference. Awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's the second time you've mentioned that. And the grounding is, is one of those things too, that 
doesn't cost a lot of money to dial that into your lifestyle. And I yeah. get a lot of feedback from people that are like, cool, all these devices look really fun, but I don't have that money at the moment. So yeah. the grounding is like relatively affordable and very impactful. Yeah. And you can do it for free. Yeah. Or you can just walk outside. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, take your computer outside. If you happen to have an area where you can just be barefoot or just be touching a tree while you're doing something, it's, right. it's all there. Love it, dude. What's the grossest health food you've ever eaten? I've tried so many things. I don't know what would be the grossest. Let me think about that. You're part Japanese, right? I am. My answer is a Japanese food. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to say... And it's not animal-based. Oh. It's not like, you know, weird squid and sushi or something. Oh, you probably... Natto? Yeah. (laughs) I love Natto. I have some in my my hotel room here. There's one company that makes an organic Natto. Highly recommended. The they're in San Francisco. Yeah, they're above San Francisco. Okay, yeah, yeah. Only company. What's their What's their name? I don't remember. Don't remember? But they're in Sebastopol. It's okay. fermented. Which it's the only hometown. organic fermented. Uh, so bean. tell people what natto is and why that some might consider it gross. I've learned to like it, but it's so potent. It's funny because this is like monk or samurai food, ancient, ancient. Um, and this would just be something that you would just have your little, your little wooden basket bag and you'd have your soybeans and they're fermenting and you could just eat it. A lot of people think it's disgusting because it basically gets so gelatinous that there's like a string that we could probably pull for like a mile <laughs> yeah. and there's a really potent smell to it. But um, it's it's really powerful. I think most people would say that. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time with some certain fishy things. So uh, it, I think it's all personal. Like you yeah. know, sometimes some DHAs or some things, just fish oil. Like right. I would love to do that blue ice cod, fermented cod. Oh, yeah, that's the, probably the most disgusting the thing. The organic pastures, I think they're Oof. called. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's mm. gnarly. That is, I think you've, you've topped natto. Because <laughs> yeah, natto, the natto smell is really gnarly, but yeah. it actually tastes good. It has that, yeah. what's that umang? What do you call it? Umami. umami umami flavor yeah, yeah. right it's just a very unique flavor profile yeah. but like i when i used to live in the hollywood hills i had this huge house it was like 2900 square feet i think which is huge for la you know yeah, yeah. and i'd be up in the kitchen and my girlfriend would be down at the, i mean like i you know 25 30 yards at the other side of the house or something yeah, and i would yeah. open up a natto just like yeah pop the natto open and with i mean literally within 10 seconds. She's like, oh, gross, God, like way at the other side of the house. I mean, it smells like the rotting feet of like a corpse. So it smells good. like like zombie feet or ass. It's really gnarly. Yeah, but um, it's so good. But the, the recipe, I mean, it's so powerful. It's that. And then typically you would put an egg yolk on it and then you would put maybe like some fermented onion on it and you could even do some you know, fermented soy, uh, right. shoyu or soy sauce. Um, and it, that is a potent meal. It and is. That is a, so much life force. Yeah, I do that when I'm having stomach issues. But okay. I'm with you with the fish oil, like those yeah. bottles of cod liver oil. Yeah. The, what are they? That one brand? Blue Ice. Yeah, the Blue Ice. Something Pastures. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. it's, I mean, it's really disgusting. It, it is. And it'll, you'll burp it back up and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's Terrible. Like, it's super gnarly. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on into some more, uh, the deeper things. Es- yeah, the more okay. deeper esoteric. Um, what word do you use to describe God and why that word in your own yeah. conversations in life? Yeah. Mother nature. Yeah. I mean, it could be down to just nature. Um, but I think that there's like this great mother and mother nature is such a fitting title for this vast energy, this, all this to try to encompass 
everything that is so dynamic about every single living thing and the landscapes and the the beauty of the stars and the sky. I mean, just the whole, it, you know, it could be the universe, but, you know, here, I'm living here within Mother Nature, within the universe. And to me, that seems like the most profound and powerful kind of name for, awesome. for my God. I love that. Yeah. And speaking of profound, what was the single most profound spiritual experience that you've had in your life? They happen daily. So they're just moments when I can get present in meditation. I think that is really where, so it happens all the time. There isn't just one particular thing that has happened. I try not to like, I'm now at a stage where I'm not focusing on the past at all. So I'm just trying to live in the moment. Uh, It's not the easiest thing, but every time I find that clarity and find that breath when I'm in the moment and that, that right there is the most profound thing for me at that time. And that's it. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Love it. This is fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging this new format. I'm excited to, to keep these going. And so the next one would be, do you pray? And if so, how? Uh, I meditate every day without question. So um, I think that is by far the most profound practice. Skip all the supplements, everything. But I like to stack the function. So I meditate while I'm grounding. And to me, that is just so powerful. To be able to kind of run through your process internally, because we all, we are so unique in how we process our information through observation, through our past, that when you can kind of start to hear all the different perspectives that your mind's going into, and then to be able to discern what is serving you with love and what is kind of keeping you from that space. And then being able to drop those, raise those and kind of be able to juggle that. Um, that practice to me has just been so profound. And would you say that that is, is a time at which you pray or is that your form of prayer in itself of just the act of meditation? Or do you have a formal like, Hey, mother nature, God thing, thank you for this. Here's what I'd like. Do you have that kind of thing going on? Or is it just more of a, of a real commitment to presence and meditation? Yes. Uh, I do a practice daily throughout the day, but I'm, I'm trying to do this throughout. And I, I have su- I'm blessed to have such a partner that is on the same journey and our family together. That's how we're trying to do it. And, and we just work off of each other. And we're at a, at a place where we are not, we're not blaming each other. We're just learning from each other. And so we get to like get checked and move accordingly. That's and, awesome. And uh, that's been just like a you know, bunny and alchemy are my greatest teachers. So uh, that's cool. It is throughout the day. Yes. I'm praying yeah. the whole time. I, what I, what I'm not praying for, which is very important is something. I'm not praying right. for anything outside of myself. I'm not praying to get something. Uh, I don't need anything. And just having that awareness now in my life, which is kind of new to me, is has been profound. That's cool. Yeah. I'm still praying for stuff. <laughs> my prayer lately has been yeah. like, it's not like, hey, give me this thing. It's more like, it's like, God, I have this desire. Could this be your will? Could this be possible for me? Is this what you want for me? Yeah. Because I want this thing. Yeah. So if that's what's meant to happen... Could you show me what I need to do to help facilitate that? And if it's not, could you remove the desire so it's not in my mind anymore? Like <laughs> wanting to move to Topanga or move yeah, to Malibu, yeah. like get out of the city. Yeah. It's like, I don't go, God, give me a mansion in yeah. Beverly Hills or something. Right. I'm just like, hey, yo, thing, creative world, universe, yeah. deal. I have some ideas. Can we work on that? 
you know? For sure. Yeah. The universe is completely working with you. I yeah. Mean, I think just having that level of faith is what's going to manifest anything you really want. Right. I've, I've learned that over a, mad, a, a long period of time of being very impatient and understanding that everything happens in due time. And David Wolf here, we are at the Longevity Conference. He said a quote 14 years ago, literally the first time I ever came to this event, he said, I have such a good quote. And I literally, to this day, still use it. And he didn't know who said it, but he said, infinite patience brings immediate results. Ooh, that is good. And so... Did you ever figure out who whose quote it is? No. Damn, we got to figure it out. You should probably do it in your show notes. Yeah, this, guy yeah, yeah, is, you're so, yeah. this guy is so meticulous. With yeah, yeah. We'll, so. we'll, we'll find the, we'll find yeah, the root source of Source that one. All right. Um, what's one spiritual teacher or practice you've abandoned and why? I don't know if you're going to like this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, am, I started formally doing meditation through uh, Vedic meditation and uh, same, the teacher of your teacher, okay. uh, Jeff's teacher. And um, it was an interesting path. It got me on the right track to meditate. Um, and at one point, I, I had been very specifically practicing meditation for about 18 months straight, hardcore, every day, as many times as I could, twice a day. And at one point, it just stopped working. But I was still doing this practice. And I, I was kind of getting disappointed with it. And then I heard um, a few different tidbits of information came to me. Uh, one of my teachers had said, you know, doing meditation is like your personal alarm. Like to, it's your, it's, it's a practice to wake up. And so sometimes the alarm just doesn't work anymore. You know, you've snoozed it enough and you got to just move on to a different meditation. And then I listened to Osho said something amazing. He said, you know, this, the whole idea of TM and VM meditation, which where you're basically saying a mantra in your mind, in your, in your mind, if we're trying to cultivate aloneness like really being comfortable with yourself which is what we're trying to all transcend to because there, there's this epidemic of being lonely we're just trying to actually learn how to be alone and there's a beauty in that and he said if you're doing this this type of meditation mantra meditation you're actually not with yourself you're actually with the mantra so again you've kind of abandoned yourself and now you're with this mantra and everything's about this mantra you keep repeating so Interesting. i abandoned that mantra and the second I dropped it, that same feeling came back as I just started to have my own different spins on it. And um, cool. So that's happened. That's interesting. I yeah. love that. Maybe that'll happen for me at some yeah. point. You never know. Uh, let's see. What's my next one here? God, so many. I didn't know how long these were going to take. I know, so, like, so, I came, so I came well, up with a lot. Uh, what's one personal flaw that you've had the hardest time uh, changing? Oh, it's. Self-love. I mean, I think that that's the epidemic. We've somehow gotten to this point where we have this false belief system, listening to these false narratives from everything that you see and eat and listen to that basically disempowers yourself. And uh, I've been a part of that trap. And um, just liberating myself out of that, really just being comfortable with who I am. I've made mistakes in my life. I've done this, I've done that. And at the end of the day, if you can't love yourself and just be okay with what it is, because if, if everyone is in that state, then we're, we're all good. We're, we're like doing magical things. And so that to me is something that it's at the highest, it's at the highest on my list, I think, and, and for humanity. Me too. So, yeah. that, that'd be my answer as well. 
Name your top five Desert Island albums. I grew up listening to reggae since I was born. That was on the record player uh, back in Japan. So Bob, Toots, things that just are easy and make you feel good. Probably some mantras. And I'm just, I'm an OG hip hop head. So it would have to be some type of album from Gangstar. I have to <laughs> really? be, da- I'd have to be <laughs> meditating funny. and then dancing. So those are like the two things I would be doing on the that island. That is so, funny, man. Yeah. I've never actually, uh, I would never have imagined that for you. Oh, it goes deep. We'll, we'll get into that. That is funny. <laughs> and what's the craziest thing you've ever done to be healthy? Go away from uh, what the mainstream thinks is healthy. <laughs> I think just going along this alternative path. I mean, we are, this is a very small group here and uh, we are definitely walking down a path that is not walked by most people. So out of our little bubble, we are like a percent of a percent. And I think that being very proud, being vocal and, and just praising mother nature, nature knows how to do it all. Like, let's just go there. I don't need anything from modern medicine Uh, unless it's an emergency. And I think that we've just been really bamboozled with what we think is the way to be healthy. And you can't trump mother nature just to be natural and connect with things that are in the natural world. That's why we're all here and listening to these speakers talk about these things. So I think it's in the big picture, I'm very extreme. You're very extreme that we're not just like eating cocoa puffs and I'm cooking my, you know, wonder bread and I don't even know what, like you had said the other day, you went to some grocery store that was like a supermarket. I'm like, I've done that recently. And I'm like, these brands still exist. <laughs> I, I didn't even know they yes, make fruit spaghetti, loops. SpaghettiOs are alive and well. Yeah. So, you know, what's the number one spiritual principle that you would advise people learn to live by? Again, self-love. Nothing else matters. Like I spent so many years of my life just worrying about what other people think uh, or living up to something, some type of expectation. And there's actually nothing there. There's no prize. No one actually, the grand reveal is no one actually cares. So <laughs> there's no prize for being totally the, uh, So that's great. Just self-love, but living in that, like truly, you know, not just talking about it, but just like truly loving yourself without judgment owning when you do fall off or not, no one's a saint or whatever that is. Um, and just being okay with it. And just being like, oh, okay, I'm going to learn and grow from that. Awesome takeaway. Yeah. And lastly, where can people find your website, social media, things like that? Zenbunny.com and then at Zenbunny. Uh, there's eventually going to be uh, a Zen the Wildflower thing going on and then bunny's going to be doing her own thing as well but go to zen bunny and then we'll lead you and that's bunny with an i got it that is my wife's name and we will of course put that in the show notes dude really good to see you thanks for sitting down with me for my first of of this sort of experimental lightning round type of interview is super fun and thank you for joining me dude i appreciate it and this guy just pulled me outside like just five (laughs) minutes before this started was like do you want to do this so zero i I like that i'm going to continue this plan of attack too i've got got scott here from sun potion i'm going to do the same thing he's writing down all these things already he's been listening to the last couple of questions hopefully he zoned out but um yeah I think, I think it's fun like getting people and just like spur of the moment you know the first intuitive answer that comes to mind yeah. you know it's really fun thank you for this practice i said earlier he just made me nervous i was cool as a fan just enjoying myself and then all of a sudden he's like you're gonna have a microphone the camera's gonna be on i was like i'm nervous yeah good so, well now it's over you made there it. it is thanks bro thank you for having me right on 
Ah, yeah, we're cooking with grease now, folks. Our next guest is Sabrina Riccio. Sabrina's going to talk to us about how ayahuasca helped bring her back from the gates of death after she was struck by lightning. No joke, true story. One toxin that you should all be avoiding, but that you probably put into your body every day. And like our guest Scott, Sabrina's also been down yonder to Brazil to see John of God, and she's got a very interesting tale to tell about spiritual surgery. So here we go, jumping off with Sabrina Riccio. So who are you and what do you do? I'm Sabrina Riccio, and I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher and spiritual mentor. Well, you sure are. Satnam to you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. What is one myth in the health industry that bugs you? Ayahuasca being just about the dark side. Okay. I, uh, after I was struck by lightning, um, I had a huge traumatic experience and I was a lot of paranoia, PTSD, and that helped me realign again. I, you know, this is supposed to be a little short thing we're doing, you That's know, 15, 20 minutes, yeah. but it is really hard not to unpack the being struck by lightning. Yeah. I'll just leave it. I'll leave it as a <laughs> teaser because it's pretty, um, it's pretty intriguing. Yeah. Have you ever overdosed on an herb or supplement? Yes. Niacin became a human lobster. You get turned real red, yeah. huh? Real yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. I know that feeling. I've done it many times. What's one crazy health trend that you were surprised uh, has, has lasted? Has lasted... I think a lot, like some flushes, like I don't feel like the colon can really be cleansed just by doing like a juice cleanse for three days. And so I feel like to really do the cleaning, you have to really go in. Yeah. Like colonics and stuff. Yeah. That's so funny. That's really awesome that you said that because when I first got into health back in the Mm nineties, the first doctor that I followed, you know, naturopath that I followed was Dr. Richard Schultz. And he was like all about the colon cleansing first, then you start detoxing the organs. Then you do the gallbladder, you do the liver, you do the things, Mm -hmm. but first you got to get that pipe cleaned out. And so he would recommend a series of colonics and, uh, and I, that that's really what got me well. Yeah. Because I don't think if the intestines is like 32 feet long, a three day cleanse isn't going to clean you out. Yeah. Especially if you've been, you know, collecting fucking Cheerios in there since you were two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are three dietary toxins that people should avoid? I think cold water, like it's really interesting. Like I don't think cold water is very helpful. Like I think warm water with, I'm doing a lot with like digestion and stuff. So I've been reading up a lot about that. So I think the cold water kind of thing. Which Drinking was, cold water? Yeah, which was interesting because even like David Wolf was talking about like, I drink cold water and that helps me. But to me, I just feel like that really shuts down the fire. So I would say that even though it is water, I think not so much with toxins too, but I think just overall like mindset, like everyone has their own thing. So I think what could be a toxin is just reading everyone else's like, you have to do this to be healthy. You have to do this to be healthy because everyone has their own kind of like thing. So I think that could be like a mental kind of thing that could really happen. Trying to like do what everyone else is doing, but then it doesn't resonate with your body. And I think another toxin too, not so again with mind is just like overconsumption of like ideas and stuff because it really clouds like a lot of cloudiness rather than going within. So I think a lot of the toxins are more outside than more so like ingesting through supplements and things like that. Interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. You know, uh, I've heard some spiritual teachers talk about the uh, sort of emptiness of health fads and being obsessed with like the vessel, the body and trying to make it well and say that, dude, you can kind of eat whatever you want. If you believe it's good for you, it's good for you. Like the power of the mind. Yeah, like blessing it. So I think a lot of it is just like, there's so much noise in today. So I think like social media, I think is a major toxin. 
that we're dealing with and like the EMF waves and like our right. addictions to our phones. And that's funny. Last, just randomly or not, last night I went down to the cafe here at, at uh-huh. the conference and I was freaking, I mean, all I, you know, this is like a health food thing. So there's no like real food. Around. Yeah. I'm like eating freaking goji berries, dude. Give me a steak. You know what I'm saying? So I went down to the cafe last night and I was like, I just need something greasy and meaty. So I want to feel full for the first time in three days. And I had like a, um, a, uh, like braised short rib sandwich without the sandwich. So it was just like tons of melted cheese, like totally not organic, not, Mm -hmm. not legit over some, you know, mystery beef kind of situation. Yeah. and I looked at it and I saw my mind go like, oh, this is toxic. I'm going to be sick. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, fuck that. And I literally said a prayer. I was like, God, please bless this GMO food. Make yeah. it the healthiest meal that I've ever eaten. And it was so delicious. I would also say- I really the, enjoyed it. I would it. say the judgment too of other people with their food choices, I think is very toxic. Because yeah. a lot of people don't know their stories and what they've had to endure. And everyone's like, depending on what they're- naturopaths or doctors are doing and like so much shame. I think shame is a major toxin. So I think it can be a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Many of us, including myself, go through that phase. You could talk to a few of my ex-girlfriends and they'd be like, (laughs) yeah, you need to hear that one. Yeah. Out to dinner. I'm like, you're going to eat that? Yeah. Well, then there's that judgment and that's just more toxic. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. for sure. What's your all-time favorite book? My all-time favorite book is Joseph Campbell, The Power of Myth. Awesome. I've never read that. What? Yeah, I know. I know. It's like all Stop about the shaming hero's me. journey. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, that, you know, that, that was game changer. Another big one is um, Frankel, I think. Uh, a Man's Search for Meaning. Victor mm, Frankel mm. is one of those like seminal books. Okay, well, I haven't read that one, so everyone, we're balanced. I haven't either, okay, but that's oh, like one mind. of those ones that's, <laughs> that's like everyone's most meaningful book seemingly. And I'm like, ah, one of these days I'm going to read it. And I just never get to it. Yeah. But the story of it, are you familiar with the premise of it? Um, I've heard of it, but not so yet. So Victor Frankel was was a Jew that was in a concentration camp mm-hmm. and uh, his whole family is murdered. And he learned how to transform his perception of that experience and change it. Almost like the film. I don't know if the film Life is Beautiful. Oh, La Vita Bella. That's one of my yeah, favorite films. I don't know if it's about him, but it's a similar kind of thing mm-hmm. where he just, he's like, you know what? This is bullshit. I'm going to create my own reality of this situation and, mm-hmm. and made a very apparently a very propo- profound spiritual teaching out of that horrific experience. That's really interesting. I almost was a Holocaust studies minor in oh, really? college. Yeah, I, I went to Chapman down the street from here and they had a huge Holocaust museum on campus and stuff. And I've been fascinated by it since I was younger. So a lot of the sociological kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's make a goal for ourselves to perhaps read that book. Yeah. Deal. (laughs) One day it might be our favorite book. (laughs) What's one physical issue that you've been unable to overcome yourself using, you know, natural or otherwise (sighs) uh, interventions and modalities? One issue. Um, I think a lot of it has been the stress and like the overstimulation of like overstimulation just from exterior of what's going on, like constant advertising and things like that. And I went to school for marketing. So I have like that marketing mindset. Um, so just that, and then you can be a lot of that chatter and the noise. So it goes always good to meditation, like doing that more and more is a practice. But I feel like, especially like being in LA, because now that I live in Joshua Tree, like there, I don't see any of that. But when I come here, um, and also with my nervous system after being struck by lightning, it can be like really toxing on my body. Yeah. So it's just like, <sighs> like breathing into that and like really being able to navigate through that. Cool. Yeah. What's your favorite alternative health device or technology? I like working with crystals. 
Um, they really helped me. Yoni eggs, I think, are really potent. <laughs> Tell the audience what yoni eggs. Yoni are. eggs is when you put a crystal. <laughs> cracks me up. <laughs> when you put a crystal up your yoni, your vagina, yeah. and you're like doing kegels or meditations and things like that. So a lot of it, um, you can get a lot of trauma pulled out. Um, that's stuck inside your sacral chakra really? as women and also use it as power. And it's been used in Chinese medicine forever. Interesting. So, yeah. That's so I where think, it comes from. I was yeah, curious. Yeah. Yeah. I see women post about that and I'm like, damn, y'all are daring. You're like zero fucks yeah, given I've here. I've got like four different stones. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. That's so working with that, I think I wonder has been what really the male potent. version of that is like weightlifting with your like a strap around your back or something. <laughs> yeah, let me know how that works out for yeah. you. <laughs> I think we call it Cialis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the grossest health food that you've ever eaten? Uh, the grossest. There were some things downstairs that I was like not down for. But it's very interesting because like even working with like essential oils and stuff, a lot of the times they're like things that are the grossest are the things you actually need. Right. So um, sometimes I don't even know what I'm like. Everyone's like, take this, take this, take this. Cause there's been so much of me just like exploring on how to heal my body, especially after like having so much sensitivities since the lightning accident too. And, so that like, was a really uh, profound yeah. uh, event in your life. Oh yeah. Now. Like I was in, um, I took a four year sabbatical where I like hid in my house for almost four years because it was, everything was wow. so intense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like the ultimate EMF blast from yeah, the for heavens. Sure. Or hell. It was by the windmills, like on the way, like yeah. near Palm Springs. So there's wow. a lot of energy being generated there. God damn. Yeah. Which brings me to my next question. What word do you use for God and why? There's so many. Um, I use God. I use universe. I use goddess. I grew up kind of Catholic. So it was always that God kind of thing. But sometimes I use great spirit. So I think it all depends on, um, I see it all as universal. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of whatever is flowing through me in that moment, sure. I think would be the biggest thing. So growing up Catholic, as you started to explore, you know, other realms of your spiritual self and, yeah. and study Joseph Campbell and these different mm -hmm. things, did you have to reconcile and like release yourself from that theology and that belief system or does it, so it, actually has does gone, it correspond with where you are? It's gone clear because now I've connected more so with like Mary Magdalene, who was like Jesus's lover and seeing their whole twin flame kind of relationship and seeing like how she was just kind of like ostracized by so much of it. And then even with like the saints of Catholicism, remind me a lot of the gods and goddesses of other religions and societies too. So if anything, it's like, I don't really consider myself Catholic anymore. I understand that's my roots, but I think the bigger picture is like the universal kind of thing that everything's Joseph Campbell. Like it's all mythology. It's just yeah. like different. My grandfather used to always say like, uh, same story, different actors. So right. it kind of is like that kind of thing. So to be able to cut through a lot of that, like uh, religious stigma, which was very strong for this last full moon that I felt was like cutting through a lot of that. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. So you were able to kind of integrate that yeah. in the context it's still of honoring your... where I've been. Like that's a huge work of my, yeah. a lot of my work is honoring like the shadow and where you've been. And I like went to Catholic school for eight years and all of that. So there's a lot of like damning and shame and all of that. I've heard that. And that never really resonated with me because I was yeah. like, God's supposed to be loving. So like, why are there judge? Why is there judgment? But it's so much of that, like, um, patriarchal kind of thing. Yeah. So to help bring in the matriarch and to also restore the balance of the masculine and feminine, like I found through Kundalini Yoga, it's yeah. been really like being able to see that as like um, a wounded part of the divine masculine. 
after that stigma and that kind of like idealization. And now it's like, okay, so as the divine feminine continues to rise, we're holding space for the divine masculine to rise. Wow. Hot damn. I love it. <laughs> do you coach a lot of women and stuff? I do. Oh, yeah. good. Keep it up. Yeah. Thanks. We need that. <laughs> as a, as a masculine, trust me, bring that on, please. Yeah. It's like the antithesis of some of the more toxic forms of feminism. It's like, whoa, yeah. so many people are really off track. I just posted a thing on um, Instagram a couple of weeks ago, how like, I don't believe the future is female though. I believe the future is all inclusive. I love that. I always kind of take offense to things like that yeah. that are so like, it's, it has an exclusive tone yeah, to it. Yeah, because you need to have solutions. You know, yeah. it's like Mother Teresa would always yeah. say, we'll never go to an anti-war rally, but totally. send me to a pro-peace rally. So totally. that's the big thing for me is like, how do we find solutions and see everyone is equal and recognize that everyone brings different things to the table and realize it's all part of. Yeah, because how we got here to this place of imbalance is by men being the future yeah. and excluding the feminine yeah. over the course of history, at least for history as we know it, right? right? And so the answer to that is not like, oh, cool, well, fuck you. We're going to exclude you guys now. Yeah. That's not it. It's, that's, well, then <laughs> that's we're just the going to go We're just gonna go the yeah. same thing. It's like and the pendulum swinging and there's yeah. no balance. So that's yeah. a huge part of my work is finding that sacred reunion of the divine masculine and the divine feminine within us so that it can be also seen without us. I appreciate that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very awake point of view. Thank you. What's the most profound single, the single most profound spiritual experience you had in your life? Um, the single most profound when I went to John of God in Brazil. What? You did that too? I was just interviewing yeah. Scott Lindy about yeah. that. We did a lightning round like this and he just touched on it. And then afterward we shut the mics off and he's like, so you want to hear about John of God? I was like, turn the mics back yeah. on. So what yeah. was that like? Um, so I went, it was kind of like, I heard the call. My grandmother was dying of mad cow disease and I was like the second family member to die of mad cow disease. Uh, and so, wow. yeah, so I was like, wow, what is going on? So I went with one of this, this woman I did my yoga teacher training with in Encinitas. She's a shaman and she's been like one of the like people that have been like honored to bring groups. And so I went and uh, I had my spiritual surgery and I was going in to do my meditation, like to meditate for eight hours where you had to sit with your feet on the ground, your hands open, eyes closed for eight hours. And I had the blessing of having the sun in the window, like right by my face. Um, so after my surgery, I went to go like meditate, whatever. I opened the door, whoosh, I whited out. I like kind of pushed through the crowd, pushed through the crowd. And I was like a ghost. And so I asked my shaman, I went in and had to do like, I thought I was doing the whole surgery again because this was in Brazil. And I was like, oh no, I can't do this. I have to teach at a festival like that weekend, the next like a couple of days later. And so I was like, what happened? And she said, the entities needed your light to help heal the 1400 people that were coming in and they replenished you with a new light body. Damn. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. I love the answers to these questions. I'm going to start doing more of this format of show. They're so I, fun. I do yeah. them at the end of every one of oh, my yeah, podcasts. You were telling me that. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Sovereign Goddess Podcast. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And uh, and I'll be on there one of these days. Yeah. You're, you're going to be my first man. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, man, I better bring it. That's, yeah. Bring that's it. That's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to disappoint. <laughs> Shit. I got to get my consciousness level yeah, up before bring it that on. one. Well, we'll be at Sound On Fest. So. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Cool. So we'll oh, be there. Fun times. Yeah. All right. So I already know the answer to the first part of this is yes. And that is... Um, do you pray? And if so, specifically, how do you do that? What does that look like yeah, in your so life? Yeah, so I do pray. Um, I even pray for guidance now. So the big thing is like, if there's something that I desire, it's like, show me like what is required of me to become a vibrational match to what it is I desire and going into that space of surrender. 
So I call in a lot of my entities, my guides, um, Mary Magdalene. So a lot of those things, but I think every morning I do my sadhana and that's my prayer. And like, I read A Course in Miracles, I do like affirmations, I pull my cards, whatever's like kind of coming up. Um, so my idea of prayer is uh, my living, that's how I live too. So cool. seeing everything is like, may you be blessed or like doing my best to transmute and uplift because the spiritual name I was given during my uh, training was Shivinder Kar. So I'm the lioness who transmutes negativity and generates a new world by embracing God's light. So I do my best to like, I can navigate through that now and see that space and like transmute, transmute, transmute. Awesome. Yeah. I already know the answer to this one is yes too. But do you meditate? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And what advice would you give to someone who has a difficult time adopting that, that practice into their life? I think um, your biggest meditation is your breath. And your biggest meditation is just being in nature and being present. And I'm not one of those people that can just sit there in stillness and be like, close my eyes. It just doesn't work for me. That's why I think Kundalini Yoga is like a godsend for me. I can do these meditations and mudras. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So get on the Kundalini yoga people. You know, it's funny. I find find that uh, interviewing women about meditation that predominantly they seem to have a universal experience of like, yeah, I'm not sitting there and like doing nothing. Like the, I, just would I think rather the feminine not, yeah. is like too much of a tornado to yeah. just go into that stoic place of stillness. And you know, some guys report mm-hmm. that to me. And a lot of guys are like, you're kidding me. I can't sit still. I'm doing stuff. But uh, yeah, I've noticed that, you know, as a, as a common trend. I also think a big meditation for me is music. So mm. I was a music journalist before I came into this world. So to me, like if I'm at a concert or everyone knows not to talk to me because that's how God also speaks to me is through music. Cool. Yeah. So I think anything can be your meditation. I love that. Okay. And name one spiritual teacher or practice you've tried and then abandoned and why? One spiritual practice I've tried and abandoned. Um, So I was, I'm breathwork certified and it just didn't, I like went up to level two and it just didn't resonate with me as strong as Kundalini Yoga. So it was like this simple, and like, that was great. But like, I found way more impact with doing breath of fire or Kundalini. So um, even though I'm certified with breath work, it shifted more into a Kundalini breath work. Got it. What's one personality flaw that you've had the hardest time overcoming? Personality flaw that I've had the hardest time, um, beating myself up and like the whole martyrdom because my Venus moon, like that's a shadow of it is the martyrdom. So it's like taking care of everyone else before taking care of myself. So then I was going in times where like my cup wasn't full, but I'm really shit changing that story right now. That's been something I've been really owning is like boundaries and like taking care of that. So being like, no, thank you. And like really honoring my space. Dope. Yeah. What's one incurable disease that you've seen healed naturally? Through myself? No. Or just, just in general? Observing. Um, or yourself, either. John way. of God. There was uh, there were people that were blind that were able to be seen that were able to in front see. of you. You yes. saw that happen. Yes. yes. Holy shit. Yeah, it's like super potent down there. Yeah, you know, I've always had this with the John of God thing. I've had to draw mainly. I have back pain, and I'm yeah. like, dude, could probably fix it by shoving some freaking hemostats up my nose or something. Yeah. Well, that's a lot with like past trauma. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but then at the same time, honestly, I'm like. That vibe is like, I've just, I sense this, there's like a little darkness there that I'm like, mm-mm. And mm-hmm. I just, 
I never go. I never do it. Yeah. So See, it's, with it's me, like I, I fully embrace shadow work. I feel like that's where the true, there's no bad, no lotus. And so there's big transformation. That's something I'm very passionate about sharing to honor the shadows because that's where I feel like you're really supposed to show up in the world. That's how you really. See, it's not, it's not mine. Mine. Oh, just I'm collectively. Like, so mine, then- mine be- I'm best friends with mine. I'm yeah. shadowy as fuck. I, I just mean like <laughs> I'm throwing shade. Big time. Uh, no, I, I'm seeing the whole scene down there yeah, at the spot in Brazil. I can understand that. Well, there's that's like where a, discernment comes, there's right? There's a pole. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a pole. And then there's like a, either a not, it's not a never. It's just a, mm-hmm. mm, not now. Something feels weird with yeah, that. Yeah, I feel like it's, you'll know. You yeah. know when you know. Yeah, maybe when my back hurts enough <laughs> for long enough. Yeah. What are your top five Desert Island albums? The End of the World, um, You're Stranded. Hands you get, down. You get five albums. Okay, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Me too. That's one of mine. <laughs> like, hands down. Yeah. I saw Roger Waters play with my dad. Oh, God, you saw A desert trip. Every time, yeah, every time he does that tour, I find out about it afterward because I'm not subscribed. I don't got to read the LA oh, Weekly. Yeah. I'm not like subscribed to any yeah. newsletters. So I have no idea what's going on Watching in the concert. Watching that with world. my dad changed my life. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so fortunate. Yeah. So for sure, that one, um, I would definitely say. Alina Baraz, I love her. Oh, don't know that yeah, one. Yeah, she's like really great. And she's with a producer named Gallimantis and they created, it's super good. It's like very divine, feminine, like best vibes. Um, and then to go back to Honor My Rave Days, I would say there was a Cascade album, It's You, It's Me and Strobe Light Seduction. Those were the two. <laughs> Strobe Light Seduction, that's those, funny. Those great are my title. two. Yeah, those are my two. And um, my last one... <laughs> I would say TLC, Crazy, Sexy, Cool, because that was supposed to be my first concert when I was five years old, but left I burnt her boyfriend's house down on my birthday. Damn, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, it's shitty. Toxic love will get you every time. <laughs> Rest in paradise for that. Wow, for her. Yeah. that's funny. You're so young. It's, it's you know, I'm 47 now, and it's interesting. Like someone will mention a reference like that. I'm like, TLC, you were a little kid? I was like, Dude, I was a grown-ass yeah. man by that time. You know, it's yeah, I'm funny. Yeah, 29, so. It's funny, that's that was, cool. Yeah, I was five years old and I went to that concert. That's hilarious. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've ever done to be healthy? Craziest thing I've ever done to be healthy? I think like I would do um, like cleanses after cleanses after cleanses after cleanses and just like really like wear my body out. Mm. So I think without really like having proper like knowledge or like doing it properly, like we were talking about like the niacin and like sure. things like that. I think that would be the thing is just like, like really like stressing my body out to do overdoing these cleanses, it. overdoing it. Yeah. yeah without told, having time for my body to. I know nothing about that. I've always, <laughs> I've always been very balanced and moderate in my approach to health. So yeah. I totally don't relate. Yeah. Psych. Lastly, what's the number one spiritual principle that you would advise people make an effort to live by? I think the biggest thing is honor the journey, trust the process. Just like that whole kind of thing is like honor your human experience um, because there is such beauty in the darkness and there is a lot of healing. Um, So I would say just be present and like trust and know that the universe has your back and like things are unfolding as they should. So it's to get out of your own way and like cultivate more of that sense of faith and trust and inner knowing that like all is unfolding exactly how it should. And it's, it can be, it can come with ease and grace. Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. In closing, where can people find your website, social yeah, media, any of that for stuff? For sure. So um, they can find my website at sabrinariccio.com, um, my Instagram at sabrinariccio, and then the Sovereign Goddess podcast. 
How so, long have you been going on the podcast now? I've had the podcast since uh, November 2016. Oh, cool. Same yeah. year I started. Mm-hmm. Class of 16. Woo, woo. Yeah. So I, I just like to talk. I'm a double Mercury, like I am Mercury. So, yeah. um, and I feel like conversations are pretty natural to me. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I can but tell. I keep... You're a good talker. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You didn't, you didn't like labor over the answers, even though you didn't know the questions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was ready for the suspense. Cool, awesome. Well, I'm going to have to listen to your podcast. Well, and I'm excited to be the first dude. Yeah, it was very, that was like the biggest message I heard from my ayahuasca ceremony. It was the last message I heard was to like start bringing men on, especially because like the sovereign goddess, but as a sovereign goddess, I get to make my own rules. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's a, <laughs> good point, good point. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me Thank on this so special much. episode. That was great. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, check this out. I recently launched something on my site called The Master Market. It's a super cool store where I've got different categories, whether it be spirituality, mind focus, outdoors, food, superfoods, supplements, bedroom, sleep, office, jet lag, biohacking. There's even a bookstore from some of my favorite books and books recommended by my guests. And what this is, is like a hub where you can go find all of the links to everything I've either used and vetted or I'm currently using in my life to build the ultimate lifestyle. So it's called The Master Market, Luke's Lifestyle List, and you can find it at lukestory.com forward slash store. Just go to my site and you'll see it in the navigation. Now, what's really cool about this is when you make a purchase through my store, I'm not actually selling you anything. I'm just curating a really dope place where you can go find the best stuff. So I get a piece of commission if you make a sale through the site. The vendor, of course, makes some cash because you buy and you get a place where you can go and save time and money from not having to look around for the best stuff and do all the research yourself. But what's even cooler is most of those items come with a custom discount code if you go through my site, which is pretty cool. So it's a win, 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 triple trifecta win. Great way to support my work and the podcast and the show, as well as the brands and your own health and well-being. Check it out. LukeStory.com forward slash store. And just when you thought the rabbit hole couldn't get any deeper, we just keep on digging. Next up, we've got Scott Lindy from Sun Potion. Scott and I sit down and talk about everything he's learned from his 10 plus years of attending the Longevity Now conference and talk about the possible risks involved in eating 12 servings of prosh as I did during the interview. Don't forget to stay tuned for the end of the show when Scott comes back in for his encore and talks about his insane pilgrimage to Brazil to see John of God and the multidimensional experience he had down there. Welcome to the show, Mr. Scott Lindy. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Great to be here. Yeah, great to see you. So uh, for those of you listening, uh, we've got Scott Lindy here, and he was one of my very first guests here at the Longevity Now conference two years ago. So thank you for coming on the show. You when were so I was... professional. I thought you were like a seasoned, uh, <laughs> you know, totally like you've been you, doing dude. it for like so long. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. That I, was a good well, one. Well, what's funny is I recorded you and Taro and a bunch of, a bunch of the people here that are vendors and um, I didn't actually have a show out yet. So I put a, I put a bunch in the. <laughs> you can. are so convincing. Yeah, I put a bunch. What I did is I put a bunch in the can, and oh, then, and then I, you just it, shot them out. Yeah, one and then I released boom, like boom, boom. ten episodes in ten days. Yes, and and so I just started like firing them out, and I got that momentum going. So uh, tell us your full name and what you do. My full name is Scott David Lindy. So Scott, something like uh, benevolent host David K. 
King Solomon, House of David, Alchemist, Alchemical Lineage, Lindy, Swedish, Ellis Island. Previous to Ellis Island, it was Linda Kruna. So Lindy the Tree, Kruna, Crown. So, but now it's just Lindy, little truncation. Wow. So the benevolent host in the house of King David and the tree or something like that. And what do you do? I started Sun Potion. So I spend a lot of my time taking care of Sun Potion and sort of stewarding and guiding that project, which is great. And then mostly I just do that. (laughs) Awesome. All right. What's one health myth in the industry that's proven itself to be untrue in your opinion? The word natural, the low fat scenario, this idea that we need to be treating or paying attention to symptoms. Now, if they're there, I mean, that's one thing, but like how'd they get there? That's something that we're kind of missing in a conversation. So, Awesome. Love that. Yeah, the word natural, because you can kind of make any product and call it natural, right? Yeah, you want to find yourself with a lawsuit owning a natural natural products company? Just put the word natural on the label. Interesting. <laughs> Trippy. Have you ever overdosed on an herb or supplement and had a negative effects from taking too much of it? Yeah, you know, in the beginning of having Prosh, so we had Prosh. I made it for a potluck, uh, just summer party at a friend's house. And then... About six months later, I made some and gave it to like Vicky at Air One and a few of the other buyers. And then Vicky kept asking, asking for more. So then we made a product or we just, I just kept making that and then we called, continued it as a product. But there was one time where I needed to make a batch. So I got up super early and I went down to the commercial kitchen and I'm prepping this whole thing. And there's like, this little ribbon of rhodiola left at the bottom of the bowl. And I was like, oh, what the heck? I've never had that much rhodiola before. So I just tipped it off into some water and spun it around and drank it. And I felt a little upside down the rest of the day. It was just like... Really? From the rhodiola? Yeah, it's really strong. I mean, you take these things, they're not not nothing, right? So I probably had like a tablespoon or two maybe. Yeah. Probably like many times the recommended amount that you would want on a daily basis. Tell people what Prash is. P-R-A-S-H, right? Yes, kind of an homage to the classical Ayurvedic Charwan Prash, this tri-doshic, in other words, good for everybody paste. So it's herbal, it's kind of ton- whole body tonifying, that kind of thing, something you'd have on a daily basis over your whole life, really. So I admire and love Indian Charwan Prash, but they use a bunch of stuff like joggery. What is joggery? It's sugar. It's just cane juice dried and then it makes it into the Charwan Prash. And like the recipe doesn't change. So I was looking at that going, well, what's mostly Charwan Prash is ghee and honey and some herbs. And then they have other things that are in there. But what if we just truncate this Charwan Prash? We just call it Prash. So California Prash. And I think the subtext on that label is tonic ambrosia. So the ambrosia, if you're into esoteric things, is like the soma, amrita, the nectar. So basically all the immortals like hang out and they drink or eat ambrosia, like mana from heaven. 
And then they just get all blissed out and they have like an eternal tea party. So this prosh is an intuitive California. Oh, so we're going to use ancient organics, biodynamic ghee. We're going to pasture raised dairy that they, that they make the ghee on the ascending cycle of the moon. Okay. So then we're going to use raw wildflower honey from San Inez outside of Santa Barbara, which is beautiful nature, sparse populace, really beautiful kind of area. Okay, and then we're going to add like 10 of the Sun Potion herbs in there. These best quality, single ingredient, tonic herb, extract powders, concentrated extract. Do you guys have any of this with you? Oh my God, it's in my bag. Are you for real? No, we'll try some afterwards. I'm, just, I'm like literally, I, I ate a, I, you know what Can I ate today? That? I had a bulletproof coffee and then later on for lunch, I had a banana. I'm like, oh my God, this prosh sounds amazing. That reminds me, um, Elliot, when Thank we're you, interviewing Elliot. people that have products, let's remember before he, he suggested in the video, we have like a little product line. So we'll, um, we'll do that. But yeah, literally I'm hearing about the prosh and I'm like, Arr. okay. Oh. I might even nice have a bag, special dude. spoon. Wow. Want essentials. Oh, yeah. They're going to have it in all of the Sun Potion in all of the Want stores throughout Canada no and way. the Apothecary on Broadway. And um, yeah, that's is Inter- You know, it's interesting. The Sun- entrance of Sun Potion showing up in home goods, lifestyle goods, natural beauty stores, in this case, high end men's and women's leather goods store. That's a funny thing about your brand, Sun Potion, is it's, it's one of the first brands. And I think I mentioned this when I interviewed you the first time that is like really on point with the branding, but also the product placement and the relationships within like the beauty and fashion industry. It's a very cool brand. Whereas like when I first got into the health stuff, everyone had a really ugly website and a crappy logo and the packaging and the branding, and they didn't have cool t-shirts and they would never be found in cat beauty or doing a partnership with a brand like want. And you guys have kind of have this very elevated branding and style, which is cool. Well, because I, when starting the company, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, solo owner, I guess you could say. So I got to direct the thing to what I like, which is art and design and beauty and classical kind of alchemical symbologies. And I love the gold and I love the blue. And it feels like this kind of like, almost like royalty or alchemical. We talked about that. House of King David or King Solomon, those kinds of guys. And so, and the Egyptian symbology, really just a humanist symbology for embodiment, transmutation, alchemy inside. So, also, I understood if, you know, I don't so much as mind if, like a Naomi Campbell, if other people need to see her having her potion a day in order for it to be like something they're interested, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, fortunately, we've got our creative director, Nitsa Citrine, who's incredibly talented with the camera and capturing like moments of daily practice, moments of daily ritual, moments of your daily tea. I mean, none of that stuff is is staged. If you look at, at Sun Potion on Instagram, there's this beautiful pictorial storyline of the brand, which is really just showcasing our lifestyle of taking time to like sit, have your tea, do your morning little, little, oh, I'm going to make some tea, little half teaspoon (laughs) of this, little half teaspoon of that. You know, why not have a full apothecary of these kinds of things? And I do at my house and it's like, oh, I want some of that. And there's certain things that I take regular every day 
for many years. And there's other things that I'll just pop in a little bit of extra of this or that. And so to speak to your comment there, yes, this in this idea of these are ingestible beauty plants. So you're putting in positive, 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 and then the body can give and it shines out through the eyes and the skin and the hair. And you know, I learned these things from having mentors and teachers who are in lineages, Ron Teagarden, David Wolf. I mean, these guys are here. These are our like previous generation that was passing on uh, a thread of information. And um, so I guess I've just done what I can to carry that on and refine it a little bit to my preference set and then make it available. And so, and fortunately, these things, if you're lining up a dozen of these on your counter in your beautiful like German kitchen or something or Italian, whatever, they look beautiful. So they can sit out on the counter and they're not like a big plastic tub of yeah with some <laughs> yeah. weird stuff on it. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, they do make nice little pieces of art. Let's get out eating some of this. Let's do. Crack it open. What's one of the crazy health trend trends that you've seen come along? Um, and, Go with your hand. Yeah, okay. okay. What's a crazy health... I'm going to have some of this prosh now, you guys, and I'm going to dip into it with my pinky. Um, so I'm going to it's talk yours, to you. It's yours, so you can do whatever you oh, want with it. Oh, sick, bro. <laughs> oh my God, this is so good. I'm sorry to make the listeners jealous. Descriptives. Give them descriptives. What's your experience? Okay, it has a really strong floral, like aromatic sense. Almost if you could take kind of a bitter flower or a number of flowers and combine them. But then because of the honey, it has a sweet flavor. So it has this medicinal floral kind of aroma. But then it also has that comfort food buttery taste because of the, the ghee. It's freaking delicious. It's so hard to continue a, with the interview, dude. I'm it's a, a compliance <laughs> trick. <laughs> oh to get God. people to eat their herbs. And oh it's also God. can be, I mean, we got, we've had some feedback, can be a, like a vehicle for the reflection on your own personal, like spiritual development. And I'll give you one story, which is this friend came through town. He's going on a road trip with two friends. They had just started in LA and they stop in Santa Barbara. He picks up, they, we get them all a bunch of product, but he picks up a couple of jars of the prosh. A few weeks later, I hear from him and he goes, Dude, I used to think I was such a generous person and I'm on that road trip. And every time I wanted to eat some of the prosh, I had to share with these guys. Oh, hell no. And I no. was so pissed. Dude. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, self-reflection. Self I'm looking at the label oh, and it's see. like, savor a, a teaspoon here and there. I'm like, <laughs> this is going to be gone by the time I get to my next interview. All right. So what's one crazy health trend that you're surprised has, has lasted over the years? Something you saw people get into and you're like, oh, this is lame. And then, wow, it really sucks. The stuff that lasts is not, I mean, it maybe pops up as a trend, but tonic herbs aren't a trend. These have been around for three to 5,000 years. These plants are deep allies with humans. We have a like long-seated historical and in some parts of the world, very culturally significant partnership with some of these things. Well, tongue scraping and neti pot and all these other kind of like traditional Ayurvedic practices for cleansing, it's interesting they pop up as a trend item and you see the tongue scraper in a boutique store, but is that a trend? And is that going to be around? That's going to be around for the next 10,000 years. People are still going to be scraping their tongue on a flattened piece of metal and it's still going to be good, just like it was 
however many hundreds or more thousands in that tradition cool that, that showed up. And those are great examples too. Who are three health experts that you personally admire? Well, you know, some of the some of the deal with that is like the people whom I most appreciate and kind of enjoy receiving information from because I find their their way of speaking about and sharing and conveying a message of health or of herbalism or of plants to be this like lyrical entertaining storyline that's inter- like laced with personal experience and traditional stories and folklore and anecdotal evidence and science and i my brain gets stimulated on so many different levels david crow owner of floricopia based up in grass valley phenomenal storyteller about plants so i was studying with him for a couple of years and i'd go to these retreats and you go to like a four or five day retreat with david and it's one of these 8 9 in the morning till 10 at night kind of marathon things day after day after day and he's telling you all this beautiful like dialogue about plants and then you're smelling the essential oils and you're getting the historical thing and the medical thing and the discernment of quality piece which is so huge if you can find teachers that help you learn how to discern quality that's a good boost so david crow awesome david wolf amazing entertainer i love his stuff he's like brought america into the knowing of raw cacao and goji berries and things like that and you know he learned it from other people ron teagarden master lineage you know a part of a lineage part of a tradition received his information from a teacher who received who received who received and it goes back like that so finding people who are part of a lineage to learn from you get this vein of depth that is so can be so profound so anybody that's like playing on those levels able to speak to many different like layers of topic around health able to pull information from lineage and then a lot of information from their personal experience i'm a go on that Awesome. I love those those last two I've heard of, the first one not. I think you may have mentioned him when I interviewed you before. We did, so yeah. He's I, one think of that's, my, I think that's a sign that I need to go look deeper into that. I need to read my own show notes for the show and actually go deeper. All right. So next one is, what are the top three dietary toxins that most people should try and avoid? Sugar. Oh, man. That's a popular answer. Next. Sugar. Give me three. Oh, all three. <laughs> <laughs> all three of them. Just stop eating sugar. It's like, why eat sugar? It's like crack for you. I mean, it's so bad. What's your all-time favorite book? Little Secret. I don't like to read. <laughs> if I can, li- I have an audio memory. I have an audio way of processing information. I love listening to Alan Watts, Adi Ashanti, some of these guys. Right. Even Eckhart Tolle. I had one summer where I was on a on a, uh, in fact, I, I'll just use this as my favorite book, the Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth. I spent one summer mountain biking around Oregon for four months with just a little Bob trailer and all the camping gear on there and riding in forestry roads between great mountain bike hubs. So I'd get to a new area, I'd ride out all the trails and then I'd go to the next place. And I had one little iPod mini stick that had just enough memory to put the whole 
a new earth onto it. So the whole time I was on my bike, I had earbuds in and I just listened to that same book on repeat all summer. I probably went through it eight times. It was to the point where I'd be finishing his sentences while he was conveying an idea in my mind, you know? Dude, that's really good. <laughs> I've listened to that audiobook a zillion times too. It's so good. I look at it like the because I'm I have a hard time reading too. I'm just I don't have the attention span. It kind of strains my eyes. So I'd much rather be doing something else, whatever it is, brushing my teeth, living life, and listen to it. But I find that in order to really change my mentality, I've had to brainwash myself by listening to other people speak truth because there's so much untruth. That's, that's been instilled. The deep, that's the deep program. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you start early. You have preschool, then you go to kindergarten, then there's some competition that goes in there. Then there's like a bunch of cultural belief systems that gets, you know, and then maybe you're raised in a different, you know, in a certain like religious kind of pathway and there's all that programming. And then cultural things, medical things, food things, all kinds of stuff. I mean, if, if there's one thing that I've learned through going and attending these Longevity Now conferences over the last like 10 or more years is you could just like do an inverse on these belief systems that you are taught are the true. And then if you get yourself into a place where you can devote a, a bit of time uh, to just consciously looking at dismantling and unlearning some of these things, uh, you know, you might just start by just throwing an inverse on what, you know, you think is true. Awesome. And what's one physical issue that you've been unable to resolve within your own body? Well, I really enjoy feeling like extreme things in my body. So when I was young, that that showed up as thriving on positive feedback loops. I was like the kid who was getting super excited and overachieving and all these things. And, you know, as I got older, I got really into endurance sports. So then that those body highs came through like doing like 20 hours a week of training and then regularly blacking out as I would like go over these finish lines and stuff and being on the U.S. triathlon team and cross-country skiing and all through high school, all through college, all endurance stuff. I was like all the kind of spandex sports, you know, solo operators, <laughs> solo things. You're out mm-hmm. training and just out in the world. But endorphins, that was the kick for a while. And then I moved to California and then it was like yoga, like two times a day, five, six days a week, just like Bikram yoga for a couple of years, like deep all the time. Then a little Ashtanga, like a couple different phases of yoga. And that felt great. And then eventually it got to be like being out in nature, got me really high for a while. And then as I began to learn about tonic herbalism and having a daily practice of eating these participatory, preventative, amorphous, supportive herbs that like don't really do one thing. They just kind of give your body the foundational pieces and chemistry that your body needs to really do its own thing to the highest level. I basically like being high on a like altered feeling good phase all the time. And so the the vehicle for doing that has been different throughout different phases of my life. 
currently it's through tonic herbs, being of service, working. I mean, I get off on so that. Through it's all like, this, I like to feel good. Through all these practices, you've pretty much gotten yourself dialed in so you don't have one reoccurring issue now that you're stuck on at the well, at this particular moment. Well, that thing is that I'm super, I'm like fanatical about it. So okay. sometimes it's okay. like over, you know. I'm so just, overdoing it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't know anything about More that. More balance. Says the guy who, who is... <laughs> oh, you just hammered that. We'll have the, this crash crushed in the next two questions. <laughs> just like watching you go, I want to be here in two hours. I'm so cracked out As we right watch now. the like ascending rise of your How this spirit. little bucket of, of um, tonic ambrosia prosh that I just <laughs> am almost done with. Oh, 12 servings, it says. Oh, yeah. Well, At I'm least. on serving 10 right now and I'm loving it. All right, so... Uh, let's see. So if you could only do one form of exercise the rest of your life, what would it be? Work, service and work. Okay. And what's your least favorite exercise? The part that makes me go exercise. <laughs> exercise is really good for me. My body loves that. And um, I think that it, in recent years, or actually really since starting Sun Pushin, there was like a choice. I went, I think I'm just going to work now for a while. So I don't work out. I just I just work. I don't do yoga. I just work. I don't, you know, I do sometimes some meditation when I'm really like going off and fraying at the edges because I'm losing, you know, not being grounded or something. Then I meditate, I come back, and I go back to work. And that is something I really have been enjoying lately. What's the grossest health food you've ever eaten? Krill oil is pretty up there, but it's like one of those things I kind of get off on. I'm like, oh, it smells so bad. Oh, it tastes so bad. Oh, I bet I'm going to feel so good when I get this taste out of my mouth. That, um, our last guest, Zen, mentioned fish oil too, and I'd have to agree. There's this krill meal that you can get that's basically before they extract the oil out. It's just the krill all like basically just mashed up together, and it's like waxy little pellets. Really? Of krill, skeletons, and all the like exoskeleton, whatever, and all the pigments and all the oils and everything all together. So I was like, ooh, why have the krill oil when you could have the whole spectrum Interesting. deal? God, and that's that, like twice as nasty as the I oil. I bet that smells like ass. That's <laughs> it's really gnarly. Next one is, what word do you use to describe God and why do you use that word? Oh, God's a good word. I'm okay with that. You're cool with that word? Yeah. Nice. Like, hey, what up, God? I think it's a, I think there's something to be something to be said for having a conversational relationship with person's understanding of God. You can go To me it just is like it makes it a little easier. Yeah, me too, especially after um the in crushing this entire tub of prosh. <laughs> but yeah, to me it's the same thing. It's sort of like God just economical. It doesn't it's just okay, cool. I'm I'm talking about this thing that is really ineffable and can't be described. So just G-O-D, one short word, just kind of describes it. But I noticed some people struggle with it because they're it's such a loaded word for some. I personally didn't have any negative relationships with religion or God or anything ever in my life. So when I felt a need to sort of have that experience, I was like, yeah, cool, God, I'm fine with that. But I never, I never fought it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. What's the most profound single spiritual experience you've had in your life? Uh, I was really into the John of God stuff for a while down in, in Brazil. And there was a small one called Casita in Ojai. And 
you know, I started going to that group when I lived in Ojai and this was like a two and sometimes three days a week they would meet. And it's like a three and a half or four hour long thing. So you go there, everybody dresses all in white. There's all these like crystals and pictures of masters and stuff around. And the idea there is that you're, it's like a spiritist kind of a thing where you're going there. Most people are going there for some kind of specific healing. There's some kind of a like portal bridge between the Casa down in Brazil and this one in Ojai. Somebody else invited me and I went with them and I didn't really know what to expect, but I just kind of went and was available. And I was there with another young guy, this Swedish kid named Frederick. And they, the guy who was hosting or putting on the whole thing, local Paul, he has, has this one each sitting on each, either side. And then we do the whole, all the meditate, all the stuff. And everybody kind of opens their eyes at the end. And he's looking like around us. You know, I'm sitting here, but he's like looking over there and over there. And then he turns to the rest of the group and he goes, or he goes, Indigos, thanks for being here. Then he turns to everybody else and he goes, it's like God in stereo. Wow. <laughs> We're sitting there. And then, so, I, and I, I felt so good going to that group. And, but I also felt conflicted about asking for some kind of healing. I didn't really want any healing. I just wanted to go and be in the energy and experience that. And I went to that group for a couple of years and uh, what a cool training in traffic, air traffic control, like light, you know, like just the opening up, moving energy in the body, allowing energy to move in the room. Basically what they did is they said, oh, you know, you're some kind of medium. So we're going to, we're, you're, you're going to like sit over here on this wall and you just, you're here to work. So you just come and work, by, but you don't have to really do anything. You just like sit there. And that frequency or whatever will help kind of anchor the rest of what's going on here. So there's a couple of different mediums that were there. And I just got to go and get super high on all the energy and like see the psychedelic light show every day. And I, that made me really comfortable with being in like a multidimensional experience of my own body. And I wouldn't say there was any profound like single moment, but it was something that was you know, kind of submerging into that on a ongoing basis over time made me really comfortable in that field. Awesome. Do you pray? And if so, how specifically? I do pray. You know, we talked about that conversational piece. And so that's there. And also I pray by showing up and working and contributing and doing my best every day. Um, because to dovetail off of that CASA story, Early on, I said, oh, I don't know what to ask for. Um, and my friend just nudges me and goes like, just write down, show me my divine path of service. Show me my divine path of service. And uh, I went, oh, okay. Because part of me being in that phase of my life was I didn't know what I wanted to do or uh, how I wanted to be contributing out in the world. And that was something I was... I don't know if looking for or waiting for or making, trying to do everything I could to be available to that realization when it set in. And so that became the prayer. And that went on for years. I had five years in Ojai where that was like the reoccurring, show me my divine path of service. I'm here. Make, you know, I want to do something useful, helpful. And. You know, the word like significant comes to mind, but not really significant for me as a person, but something that can significantly help other people. 
And so around the end of that Ohi time, then there was like this little catalyst moment where this realization of, oh, maybe I could just make a project where these herbs that I'm getting for myself, that I'm having to go to really great lengths to find, procure, cajole out of different, essentially like labs and farmers and stuff that are used to selling much higher volumes, but I'd call them and ask them and try and become their friend and then get access to some of this stuff. I thought, well, if I just started like making this stuff available for other people, wouldn't that be cool? I could like have access to it and it'd be easier for me to get. But also if I'm going to all these lengths and they're not available on the market in the way that I would want them, maybe other people would like them too. And I could be a, and then it was like lightning, thunder, like, and then that's when the message dropped in of here's the path of service. Go and make these things available. Come and go and participate in out in the world, like come off the mountain, so to speak. And then just, so the business was stemmed from a service oriented request from, we'll just say it to God, then an incubation time and a preparation time and a gestation time of learning and studying and practicing and doing all these things. And then um, like a moment's notice went, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. We can do that. And then I moved to Santa Barbara and I registered the business 10 days later on my 30th birthday. And then the business, the brand was in a jar with the label, with the design package in a professional kitchen in a store two weeks from moving to Santa Barbara. And just, I wow. really had only had the idea about that a few days prior to Santa, moving to Santa Barbara. So that's, awesome. that's what you call like build the battery pack and then like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can create really fast. Right. And it's uh, not something I even have to take personal responsibility for. I take a huge amount of personal responsibility for the brand is something that almost more of like when something goes wrong, I feel personally responsible. So, but it's not like, this is not a look at what I did thing. This is yeah. a like, isn't it cool that this can be out in the world and that people can have access to these things. What are your top five desert Island albums? Any music from my friend, Mike, He's the singer, songwriter guy who does Rye, R-H-Y-E, because it's ambient and there's words, but they're not so structured that your brain tracks the words. So material from Rye, Tuvan, traditional Mongolian singing, because I love the fluctuations in sound and throat, that circulating breath throat singing. And I would love, you know, I love like listening to those kinds of things on repeat because your body can do amazing things when you get harmonized to the wavelength of the inhale and the exhale and the sound and the this. You listen to it once and go, oh, that's cool. But you listen to it a thousand times and your breath can follow every intonation. Something from the Beatles. Something from like a Chopin or something that just to add a little like culture in there. And then, I don't know, maybe something like totally random, like a Top Gun. 
<laughs> I was like, when you said random, I was like, what's the next word? Okay, so the Top Gun soundtrack. Uh-huh. I gotta go like listen to that now. I'm Highway like, to what the Danger Zone. Oh my god, that one! Oh my god, that's hilarious. So dude. many good rem- memories of riding around in Dad's little three series with the top down and the windows open and blasting Highway to the Danger Zone. That is funny. At a young age. So. That is so funny. All right, that's great. Well, that's a great one to end on. I've got one more question for you, and that is, what is the number one spiritual principle that you would suggest people live by? Service and gratitude can I have two. Sure. Give you yeah, two. Be of service. And I mean, gratitude is king. You can move and, and observe and interact from a place of gratitude. It like so helps everything. And if you can't, it doesn't matter really. From my experience, I've watched as other, you know, different scenarios. And it's like you move through these strata of experience and accomplishment. And man, if the gratitude is missing, like, you're missing the whole, the nectar's not there, the amrita's not there, the sweetness, the the juiciness. Awesome. I love that. Agreed service, 100%. Though, service. Work hard. Show up. Work hard. Tell the truth. Be nice as best you can. <laughs> awesome, dude. I love it. Lastly, where can people find your website, social media, et cetera? If you go to sunpotion.com, you can find our stuff. If you go to... At Sun Potion, you can also see lots of nice pictures of things. Just tea in the morning. You know, try tonic herbs. I think it's a good way to start the day. And I mean, that for me personally, I love it. So as you're inclined, try it for yourself. Awesome, dude. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Nice to be here. Right on, bro. Now that we've taken you out into your spirit, out of your mind with the first three guests, we're about to bring you back into the body with my friend Aaron Alexander, because that's what he does best. In this discussion, you're going to learn about a sense that you didn't even know you had. It's called interoception. Next, we're going to talk about an extremely simple yet vitally important spiritual principle that everyone should implement in their life. I really enjoyed this conversation with Aaron, like I always do, my brother from another mother. Here we go with Aaron Alexander. Welcome back to the show, Aaron. We're in it. Dude, we're in it. Bam. Yeah, so we're going for a lightning <laughs> round here at Longevity Now Conference, the all-star episode. Not my specialty. That's, I know, me either. <laughs> it's going to be, it's gonna be well, the first, an interesting go. Dude, the first two I did ended up being like 35 minutes. I'm like, God damn it, we should have just went an hour and made a normal episode of it. But now uh, I've got it down about 20 minutes. Perfect. I took out a few of my questions that I had earlier on. So what's your name and what do you do? Oh, Aaron Alexander. Well, host of the Align Podcast. That's that's a part of it. Uh, Rolfer, manual therapist, kind of like a hybrid of physical therapy and manual therapy has been something I've been doing for the last 12 years now. And that's evolved with various movement practices and uh, just working with some really interesting folks that I've gathered a lot of interesting information along the way. So here we are. You're a body guy. Yeah, I'm a body guy, man. Yeah. I'm interested in, in anything that's making the body work better. Finding like structural integration is a better term than rolfing per se. Mm-hmm. Anything that's, that organizes your physical structure, I'm enamored by. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a lot like you. You know, it's we, we kind you of have a lot from, in common with my brother. Co- have you met my brother Cody yet? Still not. Not that's yet, so man. That's so funny, it's crazy. dude. It's crazy talk. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not like, I'm not that much. I'm a health guy, but not that much of a body guy. Like, I don't really get 
movement sports. I'm not why like I hate working out, honestly. I just finally had to accept that. Like I don't like my heart beating and sweating. I do it because it's good and I like the results, but I don't actually like doing it. I think that's a story too though, because we're already going off in tangents. But you okay. so there's like other words that other than like exercise, there's like yeah. in, interoception. Right. So looking in and feeling the sensation of your heartbeat, feeling a sensation of breath, being in tune with your meridians, if you want to speak language like right. that, like you can feel deeper innate senses of your physical body that maybe some brute athlete are, is totally detached from. So you, so I think that, well, repeating well that story of like, I'm not a body guy. I think you and anybody listening okay, knows that, that, that that's not, that's ridiculous. I'm stopping that. That is ridiculous, Luke's story. I'm stopping that. Ugh. But <laughs> I'm already worked in, up. In, term, in terms of just, you know, one's innate identification and passion, I guess my passion is not that. I wouldn't say like, oh, I don't like it. That's, you're right. That is a story. But my brother Cody, like he is really into the mechanics of the body. Sure. Like he doesn't give a shit about supplements, all this stuff. He's got a clean diet. Like he's like, I'm done. I don't need to take any pills potions or powders. He's really into like, how dope can my joints be? Yeah. Like that's his passion, mm -hmm. natural movement and all that, you know, which is much in alignment with your work. Anyway, I digress. Uh. We got it. We got it. You got to come meet, you got to come meet Cody and come to his spot. We'll story, do a, story fitness. Cause we'll I think, you, I think you guys would really hit it off and have a lot in common. That'd be good. Anyway, let's get on with the episode. Here we go. Uh, so what is one myth in the health industry that bugs you? Mm. My Myth. commonly held belief that you think is bullshit. Man, there's so many. Um, so, all right. So what you're saying right now, so you're talking about he's more into like, how can he cultivate the flexibility and strength and integrity of his knee or, you know, whatever specific joint thing. I think the whole psychosomatic aspect of our physical body is we just don't pay enough attention to it. So the power of your thought, the power of meditation, the power of finding stillness in your body, we're so more like yang, like go get after it, get it. You know, so I think that that's the belief that by more doing is going to make you better all the time. Um, I think that's a, a common misbelief. And so giving people more space to kind of pull back you know, and so realizing that all the stuff you're doing with like the interoception stuff and feeling mm -hmm. into like all like the meditation, all that, that's just as valuable, if not maybe even like more valuable than some of the actual movement stuff. So I guess that's, that's a really nebulous answer. It's not really an answer at all. <laughs> um, but, but I like more, it though. More, it's cool. More, so, so, so to tie that up, more do equals more results. I don't think that's accurate. I think that to, to pull back a little bit and find a balance between do and like, be yeah you know, we I, don't I like, know how the hell to be i actually, relate, I actually relate to that because when i when i am on a tangent over at story fitness and I'm, I'm i'm working with their systems and uh the stuff that cody's created over there i've got to say i do enjoy the sense of being in my body more when yeah. i'm in that like i feel subtleties in the way that i move and i hold myself and my posture and my alignment i find myself kind of enjoying m moving through space and time more when I'm tuned up in that way. Yeah, I think working in instead of working out. So you should be able to have a big turkey sandwich in your belly and still be able to have a movement practice. If you have right. to be totally light and fasted and like, go get it all juiced up on nootropics and creatine in order for you to have an exercise session, yeah, that's fine. That's an option. And then there's this other space of just feeling how balanced your foot is on the floor in relation to your knee and your hips. You I feel your that. glutes engaged. You feel a stack from your head all the way down into your feet making that connection. Now we're really getting into some like the magic of being a human. Yeah. If it's all fucking push-ups and squat thrusters, it's like, what are you doing, dude? You're yeah. not a slave. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Uh. 
was that a, was that okay? Totally. Was that an answer? It was rapid. No, it's dude. It's it's really cool because I actually relate to that. I just grounded into that experience. It's very cool. Cool. Uh, have you ever overdosed on an herb or supplement? Ne- oh yeah, I have uh, sugar. I've overdosed on sugar. I've I've gone to the point of having like pretty pretty bad anxiety attacks. Like I thought I was dying. So I was in my office in Oregon. I had a clinic in in uh, in Bend, Oregon at the time. And I, I was about to do some public speaking stuff that made me a little bit anxious as well. And I had this hookup with a local farmer that was all raw honey and it was raw dairy, raw honey, all sorts of good stuff. And I was ODing on this raw honey just to check it out and to the point that my blood sugar levels were so off. And there was some other anxiety things as well, but I'm pretty sure it was the blood sugar that I went through this like stint of two weeks of having these really gnarly anxiety attacks. Like I, I, at the time I thought I was going to die. I was crawling. I had to crawl to the hospital. <laughs> it was oh my not, god, dude! Wow, it, it wasn't good. My I had wow. a, I had a client in the other room, and I had to like text them. I thought I was going to die by myself inside my office because I was too ashamed to like invite the client in and be like, "I think I'm dying right now. I need uh, you to help me." I was like, "You got to go. I'm having diarrhea." Or whatever I said. Wow. And then I I slowly made my way to the hospital. And they're like, "We can't do anything for you." I, it was that's. You're like, stop eating so much damn honey, hippie. Yeah, that's eventually what it turned into. So I was eating a lot of butter at the time as well because I had the raw yeah. butter hookup. Yeah, yeah. And so I was thinking that I had like clogged up my arteries in like two months. And like, no, you, you, you literally, you can't do that. Like it's, it's physically impossible. Yeah. Like you're learned, having an anxiety attack. Like we know what this is. Right. And I'm like, no, you don't understand the butter. Right, right, right. <laughs> like you freaking hippie, please leave. <laughs> Well, I actually learned something yesterday about about that old concept of like eating saturated fats and it it accumulates and eventually like gets solid in your veins. And I was with uh, Dr. William Davis and I was like, yeah, but if you like take grease and run it under warm water in the sink, it melts. So yep. like all fat melts at body temperature, unless it's like Crisco or something that stays like, you know, yeah. that uh, axle grease kind of grease that's not natural, but natural fats melt. So it's impossible for it to clog your arteries just yeah. by default. Anyway. There's, a, there's a movement conversation fat that we can talk about at another time. All right. Let's save it for another time. And we will yeah. in the interest of <laughs> discipline. Uh, let's see. What's one crazy health trend that you're surprised has lasted? A thing that came along and you're like, oh God, these guys are doing that? Really? Oh, they'll get over it. But you're like, holy shit, people still believe this. Or, you know, not a myth, but just a practice that you're like, oh wow, that's stuck. Yeah, no, I'm thinking. I mean, CrossFit, but CrossFit makes sense because it's a community, it's a gang, camaraderie. They're doing movements that work. I mean, CrossFit could be an answer because I did find it kind of like a little cheesy right at first. But I don't feel like that's not my heart. That's not my heart answer. I don't know. I got to come back to that, man. Okay. My best, my best thing that I could say, I guess I'd be surprised how huge CrossFit got. You know, that was something because I was definitely, right. I was, I was in like the CrossFit space with some friends doing it. And when it was just like, you know, these, these crusty little box gyms and now it's just like CrossFit, of course. It's funny right, how things right. like that happen where you just assume something is just like, oh, of course that's like Tony Robbins or, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah he's Tony Robbins. It's like, no, Tony Robbins is not just always Tony Robbins. Right. Like that, he has this whole interesting life path of being not even close to that. Right. It's funny how evolution happens cool. that way. Awesome. I Cro- love that one. Okay. It. What are three dietary toxins that people should avoid? This is the question we talked about yesterday. That's true. This is, I had the cheater, the cheater thing. So uh, I had, I had thought about this a little bit 
because because we talked about it. So it gets God damn it, I shouldn't have given you a... I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have given you a heads up I'm on so, the question. I'm so sorry on that. But one of the things, this would have been my answer, um, just because it's a little more abstract, which I think is more more fun, would be plastics and you know having like thalites and parabens and all the random stuff that's that's snuffing off on you throughout the day, scratching your fork against your Teflon pan and not thinking about it. Just all the... Right. We think of... So when you say like nutritional whatever language you use, so, you know, like the food. Dietary that, toxins, like dietary. things that end up in your body through eating well, so that's, or drinking. So that's, yeah, so that's the thing is, is I think expanding your perception of, of what goes into your body beyond just what goes into your face hole. Right, right. You know, so what are you eating? You're eating the sun in a sense. You know, when the sun hits your body, your mitochondria, are you able to actually convert that into ATP, you know, usable energy? You know, when you're putting a shower over your body, you're getting chlorine and city water going straight into your pores. You know, so that would be something would be a thought would be uh, some of the environmental factors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so thalites, plastic bottles, stuff like that. Um, the other one, I would agree with what everybody else said with um, crappy sugar. So I wouldn't say all forms of sugar. but So like refined cocaine style sugar. Cocaine style sugar. Yeah. Yeah, I think that stuff's, that stuff's it's, that's not what you want. Can I go abstract again, just for the hell of it? Dude, go nuts. EMF. This is the lifestyle podcast, yeah, so, bro. So the other one that I would say that's, that's penetrating your situation that we, we may not be thinking about is um, cell phone radiation. Yeah, so again, that's penetrating you just the way any of the food that would go into your face hole, you're putting the phone right up beside all your face holes. You know, so that would be something that I'd be thinking of. Is, is I think pound for pound, there isn't one single, whatever you'd call it, toxic, substance in our in our culture that's uh more deleterious than cell phone because it's such a it's we're glued to it now yeah it's always blasting us yeah decreases bone density actually when you keep a cell phone closer to a specific area you can you can actually measure the bone density around there ends Uh, up diminishing that's so gnarly so that's a bone right think about what it's doing at like an electrical level your bone is electricity but i think about it's doing like a synaptic level you're putting it up to your brain yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Dude, I get, it's so hard for me not to be controlling. Like I'll walk by someone and they're like, wah, 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 on their phone. And I'm like, I'm like, God, oh, the, the controllingness of me is like, don't do that. No, right. no. And I'm just like, that's their path. That's their journey. Put your phone on grayscale. None of my business. That's a really helpful thing. So if your phone's not on grayscale, yeah. that's like a, you know, that's like a no brainer. To me, uh, the number one toxin now, as I'm doing more research and interviewing more brilliant people is probably bad lighting like the blue Oof, light thing and just unnatural lighting like we're in now yeah not just psychosomatically but i can feel because i haven't been outdoors today because i've been recording literally nonstop. yeah uh i can feel it i'm like i need light i need real light because yep. i i've made that such a practice in my life i really make a point to get as much of my body as possible and specifically my eyes in natural daylight yeah that now when I'm missing that, or even at night when I'm under like harsh blue light, I'm like, oh my God, I, people live like this all the time and they don't even know. Yep. So gnarly. You only have so much reserve that you can go. So th- right now we're essentially in outer space, right? So when you go back into the, into the woods, you know, and you get the fight insides and all the, you know, all the, yeah. all the stuff they talk about, yeah. you know, and the, and the light and your grounding and all that, that's like, you're pulling a breath of air. You're getting back on, on, on the teat. And now we come into here and now we're around all these pathogenic bacterias and sterilization and the artificial lights and all that, you know, and, and air conditioning It's deionizing the air, whatever, all this. Now we're kind of like, you need to have really strong reserves. You need to have a really robust life outside of the alien rooms. Right. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well said, dude. And uh, let's see. Oh, what's your all-time favorite book? Man's Search for Meaning. Dude, that's so funny. I was just talking about that in the last interview. So good. As a book that I've always... No, two interviews ago that I've always wanted to read. And oh, it, read it. Yeah, Victor Frankl, right? Dude, yeah. yeah. Read it tonight. And I've never... It's, it's a short It's read. like on my... It's on my list and I'm just, no, I never get to it. No, crank it up. She was talking about Joseph Campbell. Uh, Joseph Here Campbell, The faces. Power of Myth, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's One good of those too. other ones. It's like these iconic books that it's like, well, of course you've read that. And I'm like, no, embarrassingly, Joseph Campbell's no. harder to read because it's a little more abstract and it gets into various right. mythologies and stuff. And you got to yeah. really have like your... You're not a thinking cat, but you got to be like, have the popcorn out. Yeah. Man's nurture meeting is like, you'll drop in, nail it, blow your mind. You'll be done in six hours. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Maybe after like uh, 250 people in my lifetime recommended, I'll finally read it. Uh, what's one physical issue that you cannot seem to fix by natural or, or medical means in, within your own body? Varicose veins, man. Yeah. I'm trying to sort that out. Really? Yeah. Yeah, people can see. I have like videos and stuff. I have people some like, of those. Why you I have some of those. That's what these are, right? I have some of these in my ankle. Yeah, mine are more narnar than yours, though. Really? Yeah, I'll show you, show you my guys. People can see them on the vid. So I have like these, these little fellas coming out. Little, holy shit! That looks like you have like giant cobras hey, under your skin. Relax, Luke. Luke's getting all bro hot and bothered by I my, thought Ver- my, co- I, my cobra skin. I thought varicose <laughs> veins were like those tiny little skinny ones. No, like mine. spider veins are different. So varicose veins come from. So, so venous flow goes back to the heart, as everybody okay. already knows. Okay. Arterial flow goes back away from the heart. Mm-hmm. So when that venous flow goes back up to the heart, you need to have valves at various different places to allow that blood to just go one way and not mm-hmm. drop back. If you have some type of valve dysfunction, like apparently I do, um, then that blood kind of trickles back a little bit. Oh, trippy. Yeah. So I've been working with, I, I have a feeling it's more of like uh, some abdominal or inguinal pressure stuff i'm trying to try to sort it out i'm okay people posted on it cool yeah well that would be some great content to share if you overcome that you know and figure out you crack the code when i overcome that yeah 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 (laughs) that's me with my back pain it's like when i get this fixed i can't wait to tell people about it uh what's your favorite favorite alternative health device or technology biomet i love it yeah i like i like the biomet i like because it's just a warm it feels like a I'm I'm presently single, so it feels kind of like a like a like a girlfriend, in a way. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, like if, totally. you, if you're at your house, because you just want warmth. It's cozy. There's like heaps of studies about this with like the monkeys and like the you know the, they they want to be near like a warm mother. You know, like right. we're biological creatures that we want to be around. We want to be in a tribe. We want to be you know just like holding and 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 in a little cuddle puddle. Culturally, yeah. that's like a weird thing to be in a cuddle puddle. Like yeah. a freaking hippie, you know, you like go to Burning Man. You know, but you go to Burning Man, it's like, oh, this is like, we're like a bunch of monkeys. Like, yeah, that's what you are. (laughs) Why do you think when you like let loose, you start doing stuff like that? Because that's your biology. That's your evolution. Right. Yeah. But now we're in our own little I love the biomat and it is a very cozy feeling. I bring it on long drives. I bring it on the airplane. My biomat is like my blankie. And it impresses everybody. People dig it. People you know what? It. Have you have you discovered <laughs> have you discovered this with the biomat when you are dating a, a woman is that it cures menstrual cramps? Oh, dude! If you are ever with a friend or girlfriend or whatever, and they're like, "Oh my god, this sucks! I have cramps." Lay them down, put the biomat on high, and just drape it over their abdomen. Twenty minutes, no cramps. I'm kind of enamored by PMF right now too, but I don't know enough about it to speak on it. Yeah, but I find it interesting. It it's, is. It, it, it zeroed in on some places in my body that that I know are um, like points of tension, mm-hmm. and it just like burnt, like we know we know also. Wow, we're cool. tapping into you. I love PMF. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're just using it with the one version of it with the amp coil, which is not some, you know, it's a different delivery mechanism of PMF versus something that fixes a horse's knee or some shit. But it's interesting technology. I've read earlier contentious ideas around PMF in relation to uh, like like uh, spreading of cancer and things like that. Things I don't know anything about, but just yeah. people look into it and do your own research. Yeah, I know. It's trippy. Uh, there are some people out there that are like, whoa, don't mess with PMF. Yep. And yeah, there's yeah. both sides to that whole thing. Yeah, It's one of the ones that not every... It's like grounding. A lot of people have different opinions on whether or not that, you know... Grounding is less contentious though. PMF is like this, this might actually end up spreading... So the idea is it's it's it spreads all cells, so cancerous cells, like any form of cell, it helps with cellular regeneration. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But it's not specific, kind of like antibiotics. Right. It's not right. specific to what we're going to kill, but we'll get it. You know, right. it's like the the other side of that. Ah, but I don't shit. know what the hell I'm talking about PMF. To anyone okay. like like look, do your own research. Just do your own research. That's all. I'm, I'm saying. gonna I'm gonna find some more experts in the PMF field and and work with that a bit more. Yeah. It's something I have not interviewed a lot about. Yeah, What's the grossest? Okay. Health food that you've ever eaten? Oh, noni, no, 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 like noni. The yeah, no feet thought fruit? necessary. Feet fruit. I used to grow it. <laughs> you did? Oh yeah, I lived in Hawaii for five years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I used to ferment it in my kitchen, and uh, I've always been like the weird. Now that I think about, it, I'm like that's some weird shit to do when you're like 19 years old. But I'd have it like fermenting in my kitchen. People come in just like, oh, I'm like, dude, noni, bro. Right. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah, it does, have a, it does have a really weird smell. I agree. Yeah, we'll go check it out. And uh, to take a little turn, what word do you use for God and why do you use that word? Hmm. Source is fair. I think source is all right. I tend not to throw the word around a lot, honestly. But so source, and I tend to mock it a lot as well because I think that by applying language to something like God, you know, this thing beyond beyond us, it in and of itself puts it into a container inside of a box, which that's now all of a sudden you kind of squeeze the godliness out of God. So I tend to kind of like squabble around that word and not really, I don't really have a word, but source makes sense to me. Whatever mm-hmm. like the, you know, original point is and was. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love that. What's the most profound single spiritual experience you've had in your lifetime? Man, I had a really deep meditation maybe just recently. It was probably maybe four months ago. It was the first time that I had a full body, ego, what have you, dissolve type experience. Like literally, I was just floating through space. You know, my body completely vanished and I was just this little point of consciousness kind of moving through space. And it was from a, a, a sitting, I just had to sit for 40 minutes. You know, I'd, I'd always done these little like, you know, sissy meditations for 15 minutes. And like, I got the app and all that stuff, but did a real proper, proper good sit. And I had, I think accountability is a really big thing for people of just like, if you want to do a meditation, you're probably not going to go in that deep by yourself unless you're, you know, someone that's not me. It's, it's harder for me. So having that accountability put me into a space where we're all kind of like teaming up forces. And so that was that. I've had a lot of like psychedelic experiences as well, but that was that was interesting to not have any type of uh, third party no type boost. substance. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. What would you recommend to someone who's interested in meditation but has a really difficult time feeling successful with it and deriving benefit from it? Well, the the Headspace app is good. You know, I'm sure you've talked about that, and people are already familiar with that guy. It's it's pretty popular at this point. I think that that's. Headspace is a fine is a is a is a fine example of something to get you started on knowing what meditation is and what it isn't. I think that's a big issue with people. 
is when you don't, it's kind of like when you look up at the stars and you see just a bunch of dots in the sky, you're kind of like, yeah, whatever, it's up. It's like, yeah, but it's so much more. You know, so to have someone start to to elaborate on, oh, when light came down and it's millions of light years and it's orbiting and refracting, you're like, oh, wow, it's starting to make, it's more interesting. You know, so with meditation, I think a lot of people, they just don't get it. You know, it's like, what what is it? Am I doing it right? So having a, a guide of saying, it's not that big of a deal. You know, here, if you just do exactly what I'm telling you, you're doing it right. Oh, okay, cool. I think for so many people, they just think they're not doing it right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so having some type of some type of little guidance of like, here is an example of doing it right in quotations. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's something that evolves too. You know, you go through different I've gone through different styles and different methodologies and you know, finally rested on one now. It's been a few years and it's like, wow, this is one thing. Vedic meditation. All right, cool. Yeah, mantra based meditation, twenty minutes twice a day. I'm actually due for my afternoon one after we're done. Dude, I find the I find the Vedic meditation more challenging to get to continue with the mantra do you say what your mantra is you're not like tm about it, are you no i'm tm about it oh, you are TM yeah about i don't it. say what it is <laughs> <laughs> all right cool yeah it's, you know it's Good. funny i mean it's a San, it's a sanskrit <laughs> word apparently but it's more of a sound i mean i don't even think about it as a word all right uh, it rhymes with him all right but it has another consonant in it for people that don't know what we're talking about so transcendental meditation they give you a mantra yeah. right and there's then, some joke and about it in a woody it. allen movie where he's like oh i'm not gonna tell you my mantra i forget the movie right. but that's when i first heard about that i was like that's stupid yeah. but it's you know it's just it's an ancient tradition it's like your sacred little sound and word that's given to you by your teacher and they i guess intuit it and you know that's one that's right for you much like maybe um the Ayurvedic doshas that we were just, you know, you were listening to in my interview with Sahara Rose. It's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like they're able to, I guess, sense like what your type is and what's going to work for your brain to sort of distract it, to allow you to dip into that transcendent place. It would evolve as well, I'd imagine. Well, that's the thing in Vedic. I mean, there's other levels like my teacher's like, hey, when are you going to do an advanced one? And I'm like, I don't know. I like where I, like where I am. He's like, yeah, but there's, there's more, you know? And then the next phase from the mantra that I have would be an advanced mantra, which I think has more syllables in it. Yep. Mine's just one. And then at that point, it becomes uh, less transcendent and less spacey from what I understand, reading about sort of the description of it. And then you're able to more carry that meditative state into your daily affairs so that the meditation is not so much like a set aside time. You set aside the time, but then you stay within that space, but you're still in the world, not of the world and able to proceed with that level of consciousness people can play with that at home too and just and go through different vowel sounds and kind of like singing yeah. in general like i recommend yeah. this is going out there maybe not for for your listeners but um finding a kirtan you know and just going in totally and just wailing at a kirtan because you got 40 odd hippies in the room no one knows that your voice is the one that's coming out unless they call on you but if you keep your head kind of the side they won't do it this, that's a really beautiful option or example of being able to explore all these different sounds and also hone in your vocal cords. You know, it's helpful with snoring. It's helpful. It's like, it's been shown to increase natural killer cells and, you know, cultivate your immune system. Like blah, 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 blah. Any, yeah. anything that's good for you, like just plug in the scientific study of this helps with this. Right. And it's like, yeah, singing in a group will do that. Yeah. I yeah, think that's plug why, it in. I think that's why I like uh, Kundalini yoga is there's, and it wouldn't be something I'd normally like, but because the singing is very rarely in English, I can get into it even totally. though it's kind of hokey. I don't have, I'm not like, because sometimes there are English songs and I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like I literally have to leave the room. This is too whack. I can't, I can't buy yeah, into this. But if it's right. in Gurmukhi or whatever, the Kundalini, you know, like the Sikh language or whatever it is, I don't even know. I'm like, this is cool. I don't, 
I know that the words are positive. They're like, glory be to God. Like, you know, they're holy words. Sometimes they do some froofy ones where like, you are my little yeah, sunshine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Your little sunshine. I've discussed this with some very prominent <laughs> Kundalini teachers and they're like, I get it. I get it. Just roll with it. So, yeah. But when it's in Sanskrit or when it's in a, 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 another language, I, I, I'm able to dip into it and my mind doesn't chew on it or judge it because I really don't know what it's saying. And then so I buy in and I sing and I feel really good about that. That's the same conversation with being wordless with God. That's what, so apparently when, when I people ask, ask Buddha, what, what is God? That's how he'd respond. Yeah. <laughs> Dead air. <laughs> Radio silence. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note then, on to the next question. Do you pray in the traditional sense? And if so, what does that look like? I have a gratitude journal. So um, the, in, in that guy, yeah, I guess I, I do. So I do every morning and every night I have my, my just, uh, kind of introspection and kind of going through the catalog of things that I'm really grateful for in this world. And it's just so much, you know, and it, it's um, what I find with that is, as I, the more that I cultivate that practice of gratitude, and it sounds so cheesy because so many people are talking about it. Um, and I'm so glad that they are. Um, you actually get better at it. You know, all of a sudden your catalog gets bigger. It's really interesting. The more that you actually go in and realize how much good shit you have in your life, all of a sudden, it's like bunny rabbits. They start multiplying. Yeah. And it I, works the same way with negative thoughts, too. Bingo. For me. There's yeah, a magnetism. Exactly. If I'm like, oh, fuck, it's raining again today. Then right. I'm like, God, oh, my car sucks. Oh, how annoying. Another email. Uh, and I'll just like go down the yeah. magnetism of negative thoughts. And I won't go to bed without having a moment. Like, I'd like to be better about having like a proper, like at least like a 15, 20 minute meditation before I go to bed. Sometimes I'm just like tired and don't feel like it. But I will almost always, pretty much always at least go through my little gratitude list of like what was rad in that day. Yeah. You know, and what could I have done better? The gratitude list. The gratitude. Bro. Bro. So much gratitude. But, but within that, the radness of the day though, it, it kind of puts like a, like a cap on the day. I think too often we just allow each day to blur into the next. And then 10 years later, it's like, what happened? Oh, I don't know. I'm still doing the same job with the same, you know, nothing really shifted. It's like, well, you never put a cap on any individual day. You know, you put a cap at like January 1st and like put a cap on it. Do that every day. Very I find true. it really beneficial. Very true. Sage advice. Yeah. Name one spiritual teacher or practice that you have abandoned. Boof. Abandoned. Something that worked for a minute and then you were like, meh, I'm good. Dude, I'm like the, I'm like the ultimate abandoner. I abandon everything. Should probably work on that. We need to have a therapy <laughs> session. Um, I mean, Kundalini. I got so Kundalini is one of those 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 ones. No, I got one. The Kundalini because I like Kundalini. Um, Bikram, I abandoned Bikram. I had a bit of a like. A, I did too after one class. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't into. I wasn't into. I wasn't. I wasn't feeling that. So Bikram, there's a, there's a little bit more of like a dictatorial type approach with the teachers. That not all teachers. I'm sure there's some Bikram people out there that are like, you know, just grinding their, you know, grabbing their knees right now about to not grabbing their knees. That doesn't make any sense. But they're getting getting all all worked up about talking shit on Bikram. A lot of people do. But the tendency of people oftentimes with that is to be a little bit more like just get in the pose as opposed to really looking at the subtle mechanics of that pose. And so um, I prefer like a, like a Iyengar or something like that where it's just all about the mechanics. And so Bikram, I had a, I've kind of like a little bit of like a, not the best, not the best kind of uh, walk away from it. Cause I was kind of like, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't drive well with the teachers. I was like, I don't think, I think you're hurting people. And they're like, 
point the door. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I did it once in uh, in New York in the Lower East Side. It was next to my hotel. I was like, I just need some yoga, and I'm in the class, and I was like, I can't fucking do this. And yeah. and so I walked out, and the teacher chased me, and and they were they were cool, but they were like, dude you're ruining it. Like, you're not going to get any effects. You're like almost there. Like, come back in. I was like, ah, and I kind of people please and went back in. Yeah. But I really wanted to leave. Yeah. I, I was unable to assert myself as much as I am now. Now I'd be like, sorry, bro. I don't care if I'm ruining it. I do love hot I'm yoga out. in general. Yeah, yeah. And men in diapers. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the combination of the two. Not. All right. What's one personal flaw that you've had the hardest time overcoming? Like a personality flaw, character flaw. Probably asserting myself. There's probably a lot if I went to the laundry list, but um, yeah, asserting myself as being intelligent or being strong enough or being masculine enough or being just enough in general. Mm -hmm. um, that's been something that since like a, a fairly young age, like, like 14, 15, I think in the last one I talked about, like my dad struggling with some issues around drugs and things like that. I think I put a lot, a lot of like layers of protection with that. And there was a sense of like, just feeling like, like not enough essentially for whatever reason, like that, that attached pretty early. Yeah. So that's just being able to, to step back and allow things to come to you as opposed to feeling like you have to like grit in and make everything happen. Yeah. That'd be it. Cool. Yeah. I relate to that. Yeah. What's one incurable disease that you've witnessed as being healed naturally? I mean, I think that I, I find depression or, or any type of like alcoholism or addiction to be pretty, pretty interesting with that. Mm -hmm. Just the, the rapidness of cure cure is kind of a funny word, but the rapidness of, of change that can manifest if the right environment, and the right circumstances all come together. You know, so I've, I've gone through some experiences like sometimes we, we get so stuck in our patterns, you know, let's say like 80% of our daily experience is just all, all pattern based. And so having a really strong pattern interrupt of any sort. So people say for like cancer, for example, or we're talking about addiction, you know, they go down to Peru and they do ayahuasca and they have the whole thing and you could put it on the ayahuasca or you could put it on the shaman or, but, but really what I think it is, is just this really strong pattern interrupt, you know, where they're just so stuck in their ways. And that's something that I think is just really fascinating. I've seen that addiction and depression either i think depression maybe could almost be like a form of depression yeah. addiction in a sense yeah yeah totally um, yeah that's something that i've i've seen with with uh several people and i've seen it with with pretty good speed as well which is a pretty interesting thing like you have that one I have too. strong pattern interrupt it's usually their near death experience someone close to you has it has one of those you travel or you eat some drugs of some sort or, you know, whatever it is, but it takes like a grab them and shake them up type yeah. thing. It's really fascinating how our biology goes. Oh, okay. Change, change up the script. Well said. That's yeah. a great example. Yeah. Give me your top five deserted Island albums. <laughs> Dude, I'm, that's the I hardest question I for me. I in the stranded world. you on an album and I'm like, all right, you can have any five albums on vinyl with like a proper turntable, old school amplifier, like best audiophile, $10,000 stereo, but you only get five albums to listen to for the rest of your life. What are they? Shoot. I think I'd want to bring some prints. If I was going to go like, I don't know which album exactly. You probably know which album I went no, on. I was never into Prince. I never got Prince. He's yeah, like one I, of the, 
And and I'm a musician, and I've never met a musician other than myself that doesn't like Prince's music. Musicians yeah. really love Prince because yeah. he was apparently a badass musician. I never liked one Prince song in my life. Yeah, I don't have like specific albums that I would that I would choose. Honestly, um, the you music. Could give me art. I'll take artists if the you want music, to. So I can give you the, the description of the music that I really love. Okay, is like it's kind of like the mantra thing, you know. Like like I I almost I don't like knowing what the hell they're saying. Ah, uh, okay. You know, so I like like world music in quotations. So I like right. people playing Congo drums and like West African dance and hearing people stomping on the ground in the background, like throw some didgeridoo and then some beautiful woman singing over like, that's the kind of music that I, I really get off on. Interesting. So, so whatever that is. More indigenous music than yeah, like, like secular even, music. You don't even need to tell me the title of it. Just right. like, let me hear some of that sound yeah. of some people getting like all tribal with it. Yeah. Throw that shit well, that, would, that would make sense <laughs> in the context good. of a deserted island It'll though, too like i'm picturing that i'm like that is a good <laughs> island because mine's you know mine's like rolling stones pink floyd led yeah. zeppelin you know beatles no i don't have any yeah. i don't have any attachment to any, yeah. any of that stuff i like just i like stuff that's just like it feels visceral yeah like it feels like like yeah past you know? lifetime shit some past life shit what's the craziest thing you've ever done to be healthy <laughs> oh dude no brainer well, so I finished up a three-day fast. Every day I was doing salt uh, cleanses. So I, do you ever do this? Mm-mm. Okay, so I was done. You do, I think it was, yeah, I got have to brush up. I think it was three heaping tablespoons of salt. And it's, you know, like super spiritual sea salt, whatever. And then a warm bottle of water and you drink that and you get raging diarrhea afterwards. And then you just lay on your side and massage your belly in a in a, a clockwise motion, and then you shit your pants for like the next hour. It's very pleasant. And then uh, on day three, then I did a coffee enema by myself, and I'm like curled up around my toilet, essentially, to not make too much of a mess. Yeah, one of the one of the lowest points of my life, I would say. <laughs> but I felt phenomenal. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's like becoming so spiritual. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, the coffee enemas are weird because you can have like sudden impact. You're cool, and you're like, oh, I'm dealing with this. I'm holding it, and then you're like, mm, no, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't do the coffee enema away from the toilet. Very, very good advice. Uh, what's the number one spiritual principle that you would advise people do their best to live by? Take yourself with minimal seriousness. Don't I can tell all, you've got that one down don't pretty get all, well. Yeah, don't get all freaking. Yeah, it's but don't still take yourself dance. too damn seriously. Yeah, man, that's that's the big thing, especially in the worlds that like you and I occupy and various folks where it's like you, like the millennial generation as well, where it's like you, you are your brand and all that stuff. You spend so much time staring at yourself. That's new. <laughs> like yeah. there wasn't a time. This is so new that you spend this much time staring at selfies of yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You know, and so totally. so with that, it's a really slippery slope that we're all kind of navigating together. It's all new territory that we're all navigating together. And uh with that, it's just like pull back and realize that like when you are driving by that homeless person that is, you know, just vomited on himself, that's you. That's a part of you. You know, when you like when you whatever this when you look at Trump and you're like, I such a whatever, it's like that's you, man. Hitler, all of it, like all those different parts that you're maybe uncomfortable with. The reason you're uncomfortable with with them is because you can feel that within your own your own being. Dude, so true. 
Yeah, so it's true. A, and yeah. so, so if you get too caught up in that one little card that you hold up, you know, and you smile and say, here I am, I'm a freaking whatever my title is, that's a really slippery place to be in because you will lose it. Yeah, so true. And where can people find you on website, social media, et cetera? Well, Align Podcast is, uh, that's kind of like, that's all the social media and people can tune into the podcast and hear Luke and various interesting folks on there. Yeah. Great show. Great guests. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no and then uh, aligntherapy.com on there. People can, if they're interested in movement, which you didn't talk about at all, and that's kind yeah. of like the only thing that I'm really worth my salt in, I think, is talking about those conversations. Yeah. Um, there's a five-day movement challenge. People can get on there and oh, cool. start moving better immediately. Awesome, dude. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, brother. Yeah, brother. Anytime. All right. Ciao. See you soon. I am. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. One of the most rewarding things I've done in my life is to launch the Lifestylist podcast where I've had the opportunity to sit down and have conversations with so many of my heroes and so many brilliant people from all over the world. Not only do I get to sit down and interview these amazing human beings, but I get to share these conversations with you, the listener. It's something I love doing. And based on the positive feedback in the form of emails to my website and comments on social media, it seems like you guys are really digging it too. As much as I love to get messages from you, what really moves the needle for podcast hosts like myself are ratings and reviews in iTunes. So if you like this show, if you're a longtime listener, or if you just stumbled across it and you'd like to do something to support, I've got a huge, massive personal favor to ask of you. And it's a favor that's huge to me, but it's so easy for you. And that is to leave a rating and a review. Now, all you have to do is go to the episode you're listening to, pause this, scroll down on the podcast app, and you'll see a place where you can leave a rating and a review right on your phone. Now, if you're not listening to this on an iPhone and you're not using the podcast app, then you can go to lukestory.com forward slash how to iTunes review and I leave you explicit directions on how to do so. So thank you so much for the rating and the review, but more than anything, thank you so much for listening. And now back to the interview. Next up, we've got the golden child of all things Ayurveda, Sahara Rose, where we talk about a number of different things, including the benefits of putting ghee up your butt and how to be spiritual without being a dopey hippie. Enjoy this segment with Sahara Rose. So what's your name and what do you do? Sahara Rose, author of Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, Ayurvedic Practitioner. Ooh, nice and concise. I love it. And what's one myth in the health industry that drives you crazy or bugs you? I think there's a lot of demonization of fruit. I know that I did not eat fruit for a really long time because I was afraid of it. And I think now because of medical medium, a lot of doors are opening up to ways that we can incorporate fruit into our diet without being fruitarians. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like scared of fruit. Oh, I was too. I ate berries. But if someone's like, hey, want a cantaloupe? It's like, oh my God. <laughs> right. All that sugar. Yeah, but then I'll like, go crush berries like, and like half a green apple. But then I'll go crush like a whole pint of um, 
acai or something that has like cane sugar. It has like 25 grams of serving. Right. And I'll have like four servings all in one night. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, but oh, I'm like, I won't jar, eat an apple. Yeah. A jar of almond butter sure. It's just fat. Like, don't worry. And I'll right. eat it all. But like an apple, like no way. Right. But now I'm like realizing there's so many minerals I was missing in fruit that I didn't have for so many years. That's cool. Thank you for reminding me of that. Huh. I have a basket of fruit in my hotel room that was there. One of those little I know, welcome. I, I saw your bananas on your story. Oh, one of those little like, welcome. Wow, one of those little welcome. Luke eats bananas. Badass. I just kind of started. Yeah. I was like anti bold. I was anti banana for a long time and I was like, hey, let me live a little. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever overdosed on an herb or supplement? An herb or supplement? Yeah, where you had negative effects from something that was supposed to be good for you. Mm, actually, the first time I took Sun Potion Ashwagandha, which I take every day now, the first time I took it, I guess I wasn't used to it. And I felt like my heart was kind of racing and I felt like like kind of hot. But I think it was like just because it was such a potent herb and I I obviously needed the medicine that it was providing me with that I was feeling it. And I was actually on my way to go see Danielle Laporte's White Hot Truth. So what a crazy thing that you asked me this and I'm sitting on the chair that she was just sitting oh, on. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, am I like allergic to ashwagandha? What kind of Ayurvedic person am I? Because <laughs> I was like feeling it. Right. Yeah. You're supposed to be like just but down But now with I that take easily. it every day and it's fine. So obviously like whatever right. adaptogenic, you know, transition my body needed worked. Right. There was a little modulation there. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. What's the craziest health trend that you are surprised has lasted? I think just this whole like keto thing, especially with the exogenous ketones, it's something I even got sucked into, but it's, it's not working for people. And it's like super apparent. Like, I think it works for like a really small percentage of the population, but we're still like, Oh, like go keto, keto, this keto, that. And especially with the exogenous ketone powders, it's like, it's an MLM. That's why people are are sharing it with you because they're getting paid a lot of money for it. So I think that bubble is going to be bursting soon. Cool. Good one. Wow. Yeah. I'm so surprised by people's answers because I'm, you know, I'm asking a number of people, as yeah. I said, the same exact questions. And I'm like, oh, I know what they're going to say. And then I get surprised. What I'll tell you though, actually, here's the next, everyone's agree, everyone in an unrelated way and kind of a hundredth monkey sort of way has answered this one the same. What okay. are the top three dietary toxins that people should avoid? Toxins, sugar. Oh, that's the one everyone says. Of course. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I suck because I, I'm like, I still eat sweets, like honestly, and not even like really healthy ones all the time. No, you need to be on that monk fruit life. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Sugar is like my Achilles heel. It's no. just sometimes the craving gets me, girl. It's have you the, tried monk fruit? I have, yeah. It's, it's a good sweetener. It, yeah, no, I, it has no I mean, bitter aftertaste. At home when I make a smoothie. But it requires like making. I get it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Whereas like something that already is made probably just has yeah, sugar in it. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. if when I make a smoothie at home, if I'm crazy, craving sweets, I'll put, you know, I use like xylitol or a good stevia or something like that or right. the monk fruit or coconut sugar or something like that. I'm yeah. not gonna, I don't like buy white sugar and right, pour it in my damn Vitamix. But yeah, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, God, I gotta do it. Yeah. Like at Belcampo, they saw this really like highfalutin French um, custard. It's okay. organic, yeah. but it's like this salted caramel, eggy, really good custard pudding. Right. And they come in these tiny ass little jars for like them. six bucks. Yeah. And I'll crush three of those sitting in my car outside. It's like, ah. <laughs> you, know? you know what? When I was- and it, just, it has cane sugar, but it's a lot of sugar. When I was with Scott of Sun Potion downstairs and we were trying the Chaiwan Prosh, the- I ate a whole one um, of those. He told me you ate the whole thing while talking to him. Yeah, I like, had like one bite. I was like, whoa, this is like, this is sweet. He's like, dude, that's 12 servings. While he was talking, I was like, oh, oh, oh. you could hear on my mic, like, 
Yeah, it was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, okay, so sugar. Sugar, dairy, gluten. Okay, good. Is that well, what everyone says? No, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but sugar's the the constant. Okay. Now, I just, as I said, I interviewed uh, Dr. William Davis, the author of Wheat Belly and like the founder of the whole Wheat Belly okay. phenomenon. And he totally schooled me on gluten because I thought, all right, here and there I can get away with it. He's like, no, nah, dude, you're, you can't do it. Yeah. It's just not happening. So I'm with you there. What's one physical issue that you have not been able to fix by uh, natural and alternative means? Like some problem you have that you just can't get to the bottom of. Hmm. I wouldn't, I mean, I've, I truly believe I've been able to solve most of my problems. Wow. I have no more problems now. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, I mean, this isn't really a physical one, but just like anxiety and like, like work, but it's like work related anxiety. I know why it's there because I'm working all the time. But yeah, so just a reminder of like being more in nature and like not, you know, it's like when you're building a business, it takes up so much of your time. It's like you're in this constant giving and growing process that it's like almost like I'm like, okay, I'm teaching everyone else how to be healthy and I'm not following those things that I'm doing. So yeah, sleeping late, being on my laptop late. Those are things that I still need to definitely solve. Okay. Yeah. Got it. That's uh, you and I both. What's your all-time favorite book? Mm, Favorite book. I love the book Shantaram. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. It's like this amazing autobiography of this guy. You'd actually love it. So he was in jail in Australia and he escaped from prison and he just kind of like snuck on the ship and it went to India. He ended up in Bombay, India and he had no money. So he ended up in the slums of India. And to survive, he just started kind of like dealing drugs just to like get by. And then he noticed in the slums, like people would have like all these like, just like cuts that would get infected and they'd die from it and like all of these things. So with the money he would get from drug dealing, he kind of became like the doctor of the slums and it started growing and growing and growing. And every day there'd be like lines of people to see him. This guy is not a doctor. He's like a a convict. He just had a first aid kit and knew how to use it. And just from those easy things. So then it's like the whole thing is like, He's selling drugs that are like hurting people, but he's also helping so many people. So like what's right and what's wrong. Wow. Cool. That sounds amazing. Yeah. What's the grossest health food you've ever eaten? I mean, a lot of these herbs taste pretty gross that I've been trying downstairs. <laughs> not, not the tastiest. <laughs> Just don't name names. Yeah. You're going to be disparaging against No, I'm the... kidding. They're, they're not here though. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just herbs in general. Some, I mean, there's definitely some pungent herbs. I mean, the... Drinking castor oil is never pleasant. Why do you drink castor oil? It's part of panchakarma, Ayurvedic panchakarma. Do you ah, know panchakarma is? I've heard of that, yeah. It's like the ultimate detox treatment in Ayurveda. Right. So before you start, you drink castor oil to basically clear your body out. And then throughout that week, you're basically putting ghee in like every crevice of your body. Like like you're drinking ghee. It's in your eyes. It's in your nose. It's like being massaged in you. You're doing like enemas ghee and ghee. enemas ghee. there's like ghee everywhere <laughs> and i was doing it like in india in the oldest panchakarma center that i i actually escaped after a few days because it was so intense and there's no hardcore. there's no electricity and you're like literally like sleeping in the jungle it was like like oh my god like i i want to be healed but this is a little you know sometimes yeah. you do things you're like why am i putting myself through yeah. this cool yeah. all right wow that's that's a that's amazing we can count that as like the grossest food you've ever eaten <laughs> yeah ghee up my ass yeah. ghee, the old ghee in the ass <laughs> Trick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite health technology or gadget? See, I don't. I don't know that much about these technology and gadgets. So I'm like asking you. So I don't. I don't know. What would you recommend for me? Hmm. 
I mean, it's tough to pick one. If I had to pick- Like crystals? If I had to pick one to- Oh, that's a technology. Yeah. I asked someone yesterday this and they were like grounding. I was like, fucking A, that's right. a technology. Uh, if I was to recommend one technology, like a device that you have to plug in, uh, I would probably say an infrared sauna. Okay. You know? If yeah, you, I love infrared yoga. If you took like all of my fucking gadgets away, the one thing I would want to keep, if I could only keep one personally, would be a sauna. Have you ever gone to sweat yoga, the infrared sauna yoga? I have not. I've done on La Brea, the hot yoga spot there that's like radiant heat. M- Moto? Yeah, yeah. That okay. one, which was cool. But um, no, try, I haven't Try I sweat because it's that. infrared. So it's not that same like humid heat that you feel at hot yoga that right. like a lot of people hate. You actually yeah, Bikram, don't- I can't do. Right. You actually don't really feel it. It doesn't smell. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a dry heat. So it's yeah. really good. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And next up, uh, what's the word that you use for God and why do you choose that word? Mm, I naturally just tend to say like universe because I feel like the universe encompasses the earth, which is truly like the mother, the sky, which is the father, you know, the wind, the water, like all of these things that are interconnected all come within universe. So I'm always saying universe, please guide me. Please show me the way. Cool. I love it. And you just kind of answered one of my other questions. Do you pray? And if so, what does that look like? That I always say, I mean, I ask for signs and I just listen and I just notice. Like if I'm in a situation, I'll just say, please guide me, show me which direction you want me to move. And then I just wait. And I, and every little thing that people might overlook or they might be like, oh, it's just a hardship. I have to I mean, that's the hard thing, knowing if it's a hardship or if it's a sign. I think that's what all people kind of struggle with. Like, does this mean I just have to push forward more or does this mean it's not for me? So I think that just takes, again, like like asking for the message to be more clear and like tuning back in of like, does this make me feel expansive or contracted? Awesome. Yeah. That kind of leads into my next question, which is, do you meditate? And if so, what would you recommend for someone who has a really hard time uh, adopting that practice? So it's interesting because I've never been someone who resonates with like the seated meditation. Oh, it's, really? it's never worked for me. I have a very, very Shakti feminine, that kind of that kind of energy. So, and it's funny because John Gray again right now is reaffirming this, but in, in ancient India, women were never taught meditation. It, it's, it comes from Shiva, it comes from the masculine. So the masculine is like doing and then coming back and witnessing. So for a guy to meditate, it's like, like easy. It's like pleasant. Whereas for women, when we sit, we start to like, like think about different things. And that's just how Shakti feminine energy moves. So for me, my meditation has been dance. Dance has been the ultimate form. Cause when I'm moving my body, then finally my thoughts can actually become clear because I'm still in this element of, of movement and creation because the female creates, whereas the man can sit in that stillness. And it's like, the man loves to watch the woman dance. And like, that's always like the dynamic between the masculine and feminine. So I always feel the most meditative when I am in movement. Wow. That's well, that's great advice for someone who struggles with that. And yeah. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, that's and, fascinating. And, and there's so many kinds now. There's like five rhythms dance. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't because I'm allergic to dancing. So that's why you need yeah. it more. <laughs> <laughs> like dance, like they, tonight they have a dance party. I was like, cool. What interview can I book yeah, during the dance party? I'm not walking in the fucking room if there's dancing. Like it's just too embarrassing and awkward to even watch, let alone do. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, I'm, I've always been that way, but I think that's the medicine you need. Well, you know, here's this thing though, is I'm a musician at heart. Like that's right. You know how I came into the world yeah. is playing music. And so, I, and that's how you connect to music. Yeah. Like, yeah. I played in bands for 15 years. 
had I never played an instrument, I would probably like have to dance because that's how I'd express my love of the rhythm. But exactly. for me, I play bass, you know? And so playing in bands, like I got my little groove, but groove, I have a exactly. bass in my hand. So if I don't have an instrument, I'm not making the music and you play music, like, cool, let's dance. I'm like, with what? Like, I need the... I have to be playing the music, right. not just listening to it. But, but what, what will help you with making your music is if you dance, because you'll be able to now create music from the perspective of the listener. And that's what happened. My boyfriend's a producer. So oh, what cool. happens is the producer gets so stuck and like, this bass line's not right. Or like, right. oh, this is not, you know, and it's like things right. that I would never even hear. So it's like, really what matters is the way people are listening to it. So if you learn how to just dance and like just embody it without noticing the, you know, the specifics... Yeah. It'll make you make better music. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is it's like <laughs> totally digressing here. You've been really good at answering concisely. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll make it 30 minutes when it's supposed to be a few. But uh, no, when I listen to music, I mean, I enjoy it and I feel it emotionally, but right. I literally can't help but analyze like what instrument's doing what, what right. key it's in, when they change keys, if there's well, a harmony. Well, because you know the language, once you know it, it's hard to go back. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's weird. Like, I'm like, oh, cool. There came the B3 Hammond organ and it's going to play eight bars and then go out. You know, okay, like- so think about all you know about health and then your mom, what's your favorite childhood food? Oh, favorite childhood food, um, pot brownies. Okay, and then your mom. I'm totally. <laughs> your I'm mom totally makes you just you, you were like, yeah, brownies. great. <laughs> I was like, wait, pot brownies. So your mom makes your favorite brownies minus. Mom was not making me pot brownies. Okay. She was smoking a great deal of pot, but was not making brownies out of okay. it. Unfortunately for me. Okay, so your mom decides that she's going to make you brownies, no pot. And you know, they're not good for you. They have the sugar, the gluten, the dairy, but you're just enjoying it because it's it's your childhood favorite food, you know? So right. it's like, I think with music, even if you know, oh, this doesn't sound right or this isn't correct. It's like just the enjoyment of it. And that's the whole point of it, right? Yeah, damn straight. Damn tootin' girl. Yeah. All right, so what's the single most profound spiritual experience you've had in your life? Mm, so I went to Bali like four years ago. I bought a one-way ticket, didn't know anyone, just was like, wow. yeah, I just felt very called to damn, go there. That's ambitious. And you look pretty young. How old are you? 27. 27. So I was 23. So wow. So it was like, after I graduated, I went and I just started going on random Airbnbs because I had like no money. And I would just like stay with like local Balinese families for like $3 a night. Mm-hmm. And I ended up kind of in like the jungles up North staying with this Balinese family and then kind of just like helping around in the village. And they took me to this water temple, a Balinese water temple. And in Bali, they use a lot of water for purifications. And I saw, and I literally have a video on my phone for like evidence for people who don't believe me, but there's this water shaman and he basically takes you and holds you under this waterfall. Like your head is against the stone and he's, he's holding you there. And some people are screaming, some people are crying, some people, nothing's happening. But depending on the bad energy that's on you, you actually see the color of the water change. So for some people, the water would turn like gray and for others, it would be like a little bit. So I did- And you saw this with your own eyes. My own eyes and I have it on video and I will send it to you. Wow. Yes. And Because to a skeptic, I'm not a, I'm like a total woo-woo but person. But to see, to see that color of but water- But a skeptical person would be like, <coughs> bullshit. <coughs> exactly. So, I mean, again, you could be like, oh, it's just a shadow or something. There, I mean, if you don't want to believe it, no one has to, yeah. but that's a huge part of their culture. So I did that and I actually stayed under that waterfall for 30 minutes. And you would Damn. think like, wouldn't you drown or something? And mm-hmm. I felt literally like I was connected to the root of earth. Like there is no separation between me and earth. And it was just a huge just reminder of like this, all the, these things that we're doing, it's like games. It's all make-believe. It's all things that we're creating. But like, really, we are 
animals. We are, we are like living creatures, like no different than monkeys and dogs. And just like that reminder that like, we are creating all of these issues for these goals that we've also created. And again, it's all just like a creation on top of a creation on top of a creation and just taking a step back and like connecting back to source where we came from, where we're going to go. Just that has, I think, changed the whole premise of my life. Because even though I'm still playing a part of this game and achievement and stuff, this deeper knowing that at the end of the day, even if I fail, even if whatever happens, it doesn't matter. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I want to go to that freaking waterfall. Yeah. It's probably like some great spring water or something too. I'm sure. What's one spiritual teacher or practice that you were into and have since abandoned? Well, this is sort of a mindset that I had. I think when I like first kind of was like, oh, I'm spiritual. I was like, oh, I'm going to be like a hippie. Cause I thought like spiritual people have to be like hippies and you have to like dress a certain way, you know, and like wear essential oils that I didn't even really like and like be really open to like everyone you meet. Like, oh, hey, sketchy man, like here's my number. Let's, <laughs> let's be friends. And right. it's like, you don't. And like, you can, you can still have nice things and you can still like dress the way you want. You can have walls. Like that's okay. Like I feel like a lot of times in like these spiritual, like a lot of these older creepy guys are like, oh, you're, you're not, you're not open because you're not like letting me in. You're not letting me cuddle with you. So you must have a block. And, and oh, this happens. Hell no. This happens a lot. So then they that's make dark. you, they make you feel like you're the shot off one because you're not letting them in. And I, I see this happen a lot in all spiritual, many spiritual communities that I've lived in from India to LA and everywhere in between. So I think it's just like people who are on this, who are just beginning, like you don't, you don't need to go all in. You don't need to look spiritual, dress spiritual, have patchouli wearing friends. Like it can have so many different shapes cool. and forms. So you've abandoned the accoutrement involved in your spiritual pursuit. Right. And I wear like jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I, wear, <laughs> you know? I wear jeans when I pray. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, one personal flaw that you've had the hardest time changing mm. in terms of personality flaws? Personality. I mean, I think like just like wanting to do it all. Like I don't take breaks. I don't stop. And if I stop, it's like for something that I know again, like it's exercise. So that's a, that's a reward or something. I don't sit and it's bad. Well, is it bad? Again, that's a story I'm adding to it. My, I don't recharge from sitting and being like for me, spending a day watching Netflix or something that doesn't sound fun to me. Like for, I always say like productivity is my meditation, maybe because I'm super Capricorn, but like, I love doing things, but it could be a, it is a flaw in a way because my boyfriend's the same way. So a lot of the times when we're together, we're both working and then we're like, okay, we should stop working and talk, but we're both like, you know, like itching, (laughs) you know, but then it's like, So it's like have that time that you talk, but you know, we've just both been like, yeah, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. We're next to each other. We're supportive of each other. So it's okay. So it's not a flaw, but I could see it becoming an issue later on. Right. All right. Good. Good stuff. Give me your top five uh, deserted island albums. Okay. Um, I mean, really? I'd probably... It's interesting. So Deepak Chopra's new book, it's about like... It's written by this guy, Rudolf Tanzi, who's a specialist in Alzheimer's. And to help cure people's Alzheimer's, they play the music that was popular between their ages 13 and 25. And there's an actual app where you can put in your birthday and will play you the most popular music in those years. And they're using this to cure Alzheimer's and older people. And I was like, that's so true. Because when I think about that music from that time, like when I like had a CD player, like, you know, that that's the music that I think I would want to keep listening to because the new music, it it still has like kind of a shelf life for me. So I would like go back to like 
now five and like the, all those now songs. And I would go to like Ja Rule. I'd go to Ashanti. I'd go to, well, I love, I love like Sufi music too. So maybe like some not stuff without lyrics that I just don't even know what the names are. Just like melodic, right. mon- not even mantra, more just like, like I love the sitar and those kind of like mystical vibes. Uh, Govinda, do you know Govinda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So like that with like 90s R&B. Cool. A little somewhere between. Okay, yeah. love that. <laughs> and what's the craziest thing you've ever done to be healthy? Craziest thing I've ever done. Aside to- from rectal ghee. Okay. Hmm. You might not be able to top that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> craziest thing I've ever done to be healthy. Um, the not listening to my body. I mean, just that. And it's, that's not even like, oh, like a one-time thing. It's like a continual thing of being like, oh, what does healthy look like? Oh, this guy says it's like this. So I'll do that. This guy says it's like that. And it's a repeated thing that I've done many times in my life. And looking back on it, I'm like, why did I do that? I'm like, again, because I wasn't listening to myself. Love it. And what's the number one spiritual principle that you would recommend people live by? That life is meant to be lived in flow. That you are supposed to feel like you're on a roll all the time. And in, in Sanskrit, they call this Kriya. And it's my favorite word because Kriya is, is boundless action. And it's when we are both in a room and your podcast equipment's right and you're like, let's record a podcast effortless. It was meant to be. And I think creating your life. So these moments are, you know, obviously it takes preparation, but living your life in flow instead of what most people do. It's like living their life and generating karma, which is the opposite of Kriya. So karma is bounded action. So it's like, if you have your goals at the end of the road and that's your Dharma, that's your life purpose. And you're like driving on this road and let's say your life purpose is to become a, a spiritual healer. And then you're like, oh, but being a realtor will make me a lot of money. So you start going that direction and then life starts like, poke at you and then you're not listening and it will start to push you and then it will punch you and then it will be an accident. And you're like, huh, what what did I do wrong? But it's because you are so going off that path. Whereas when you start to go into Kriya, it's just the synchronicities, the synchro destiny. Things are just moving effortlessly and you're kind of taking a backseat in your own life and life is life is growing its own wheels and you're you end up in the right place at the right time. So I think when people are lost and confused, find that. And if you don't even know what's that, what that looks like, because a lot of people are so far off the other path, they don't even know what that flow looks like. Little, little things just to remind you, because when you have that small experience, you're like, oh, this is what it feels like. It feels really good. And you start to move more into that direction. I love it. Yeah. And where can people find you on social media and the interweb and whatnot. Yeah. So my Instagram is, and my website are, I am Sahara Rose, Sahara, like the desert. And my podcast is highest self podcast, which I just interviewed you and you will be on soon. Awesome. Maybe by the time this comes out, thank you so much for joining me at Longevity Now Conference. Namaste. What a mind and heart expanding journey this has been with our first five guests, you guys. Well, number six will not disappoint. It's my old friend, Taro Isakalpila. Taro is the founder of Four Sigmatic, and he's an expert on all things mushrooms. But in this particular segment, 
I talk to him about some things that are kind of out of his normal lexicon, such as the benefits of sleeping on a bed of nails, what it was like to see a dead person saving someone's life, and getting high on morphine. Last but not least, Taro discusses the benefits of drinking a shot glass of your own pee every morning. And on that note, I present to you Taro Isocalpula. Taro Isakapula, welcome up, back man? to the Lifestyles Podcast. Thank you. This is my favorite of them all. Dude, it's pretty cool <laughs> because I started my podcast in this very hotel at the Longevity Now conference two years ago, and you were one of my first guests before I even actually had a show. Now, I don't know if I yeah. told you that at the time, but uh, yeah, I think I stacked up like 10 interviews or something, and you were one of them. Yes. And then, of course, as you know, you've been Great on days. since. Million, how many downloads do you have right now? Uh, climbing up on a million and a half. Look at that. Yeah, be, you should be proud of yourself. Thanks, dude. I'm very grateful. Yeah, I'm there was a guy grateful. today having a T-shirt with your face on it. Dude, I saw <laughs> that. I, he he won my um, Instagram contest. You should so you should participate in Instagram contest and yes, can, we're those you can of you win. listening to the show now. We're running Instagram live. Of course, you should follow me on Instagram at uh, Luke Story, and you should also follow Four Sigmatic, which is Tara's company. And those of you on Facebook, um, you know I give you love in the lifestyleist podcast private closed Facebook group. So you guys should join that. But anyway, enough about me. Let's do it. We're going to do a lightning round here. And I, I've done this. You'll be my third one. And the other ones ended up being like 35 minutes. I'm like, that's not lightning, guys. I, I prepped you, I think. So you're going to be my first like one that we nail it. We are brief talkers as fans. So we talked about, yeah, you're very stoic. So we've covered your name, Taro Isakapala. What do you do? Tell people about your company, your business and all that. I'm a shroom dealer. That's it. I actually used to deal shrooms for real. Yeah. Uh, Four Sigmatic uh, founder, deal shrooms. Hopefully uh, a philosopher of life later on in a couple of decades. How's your book doing? You did a book on mushrooms. Pretty good. It's 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 a best-selling mushroom book, though that doesn't, doesn't tell much because it's like mushroom books don't sell that much, but I did okay. People, Dude, that's cool. I remember yeah. we you were doing your book tour and I was in New York and we met up at the Cat Beauty thing or after the Cat Beauty okay, event. Okay, let's stick to your own oh, rules. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's right. See, thank you. This is why they go 30 minutes instead of 10 or 15. What's one myth in the health industry that drives you nuts? Carbs are actually good. Like there is a time and place for carbs right now. It goes in <laughs> waves. Like growing up uh, in nutrition, there's always like waves. Fats are bad. Fats are good. Right now, there's a time and place for carbs. Carbs are cool. Carbs are cool. All yeah. right. There's a myth. Have you ever <laughs> overdosed on an herb or supplement? Multiple times. The worst one was probably uh, Yohimbe that lasted pretty <laughs> much three days of heart palpitations. Really bad. Like uh, uh, really uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Three days of pretty horrible. Yohimbe, worst. Did you consider going to taking yourself to the hospital when you started uh, feeling not it come Not one up? time. Okay. Like I was like, this is, I don't go to hospitals. So. Uh, I, that's my overdose. I did it right before a podcast and it was fucking horrendous. Thank I've God it only lasted one worst. day. Yeah. All right, that's the worst one. Okay, good. Uh, what's one crazy health trend that you're surprised, surprised had lasted? Like what's something you thought, oh God, people are into this now, but it just keeps going. Not necessarily a good or bad one, just one that you're surprised about. I'm not surprised anymore, but at the time I was surprised of how Atkins is still pushing through and and I think uh, to the carb point, a lot of people who are in the early days of their health journey actually does help them, you know? So obviously it's not focused on food quality or a lot of other things that we're interested about, but they do get results and results create motivation and people are excited and also on. So Atkins dies probably is one of the things. Cool. Interesting. I love doing these, man. And what are the top three 
dietary toxins that people should avoid. Toxins. Yeah. Um, Nasty stuff that people commonly eat that maybe don't realize is bad. Oh, there's so many. Um, I think refined sugar must be number one. I, I think it comes in many forms. I would say really bad oils. Oils are like the best ever or the worst ever. And not just vegetable oils, but any kind of like oxidated. There's like, yeah, horrible oils. Processed wheat is probably mm. uh, bad grains. Those are I mean, those yeah. are big buckets, sugars, yeah, yeah. bad oils. I would say- Give us a couple of the bad fats, the bad oils. So people, you know, they think- Actually like, a great oil can turn into a bad oil just by being oxidized. I've had, I bought really expensive coconut oil that tasted so rancid and gnarly that, you know, I couldn't eat it. So that is, wow. poss- that is definitely possible. But I mean, vegetable oils like canola oils and, and uh, you know, even the, the blends are always kind of gnarly as well. Like sunflower, you right. know, like what is the blend here? Um, it seems like the oils that are made from seeds tend to suck. Yeah, in an oil form. Right. But right, you might right. actually really enjoy those oils and in the seed form. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay. Dig it. And uh, what's your all-time favorite book? All-time favorite book. I've given a couple books on this show, so I'll try to give a new one that is all-time favorite is Whatever You Think, Think the Opposite, Paul Arden. I think I've not mentioned that one. <laughs> no, you haven't. I love that though. It's a, it's a creative book uh, from this old creative director, Saatchi and Saatchi. It just philosophy of life. That's oh, pretty... I know. That's an ad agency, isn't it? Yeah. Saatchi and Saatchi. But, but he's so already dead. Guy? He was like oh. the original. Anyway. Cool. Uh, whatever. Super inexpensive, quick to read, whatever you think, think the opposite. Wow. That's basically my life philosophy. <laughs> What's one physical issue or problem that you cannot seem to fix using natural means? I've had uh, sports, like an injury, surgery. So I have like basically like a nail or screw in my foot and stuff. Like that's probably one. I have a couple spine related injuries again from like sports. And so maybe those. What sports, hockey? No, it was, I was a soccer kind of a guy. Oh, okay. But how do you play soccer in the snow? <laughs> indoors, you, guys like a, you guys like have a month of grass. Yeah. Indoor soccer. Pretty much. You guys yeah. Do? Indoor. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's actually worse for your knees and ankles because it's bet. like, it's faster surface. But anyway. Right. Cool. I love it. Um, yeah. Surgeries are cool. I think surgeries are cool. Like, you want to go natural, but there's certain surgeries. They're good. I've had laser surgery for my eyes and stuff. And Did that work out for you? The amazing. Lasers? Like one of the best things ever. It didn't dry them out or anything? Well, that's the thing is apparently I have the dry, naturally dry eyes and I try to make this joke to the doctor. And it's like, oh, that's why I don't cry when the girls... Or whatever. And then <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. not laugh. He's like, that was not funny. Like, it's a bad dad joke. So they figured out that I had naturally dry eyes. And uh, they figured out that there's... Well, normally you open 270 degrees on the flip and you flip up the... I don't know the English word, but the top of mm-hmm. the eye and then fix it. With me, they only did like uh, something like 30 or 40 degrees from the top of the eyelid. Mm-hmm. And then they did it that way. And it's I've, I, actually, my eyes are more, more moist or better hydrated oh. than they were before. Wow, that's so cool. Because I got two brothers, both had Lasix. One of them about 10 years ago, didn't have the dry eyes, no problems, but it's starting to wear out. Yeah. And now they're kind of so going back. It was called Smile. And I think a lot of the laser surgery technology is is from Finland. So there's like really oh, smart people there. Yeah. Apparently. I'm not to ask his Finns, but honestly, like you guys are pretty fucking smart. Like a lot of the coolest health technologies come from Finland. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, there's some good stuff coming out of that country. Yeah. All right, cool. So maybe if my eyes continue to get bad, I have to go over to Helsinki. It's a good excuse but to yeah. get over there. 
Uh, what's your favorite alternative health device or technology? Speaking of technology, my nail bed, my nail oh, bed. We've the, talked about it. The uh, sleep induction mat? No, like an actual bed of nails. Really? Like, uh, or like a mat that goes on from Eastern Europe. I've talked, I think I've talked about it in one of your earlier podcasts. You go listen to our previous podcast. Yeah. Um, that's probably my fave. And cool. so it's like a low tech biohacking technology. Yeah. But it's like uh, acupressure into your. And then other things that I like sauna. I, I guess I have to plug a sauna. Oh, yeah. Just a good old sauna. Yeah. Sauna. Right yeah. And what's the grossest health food you've ever eaten? I've eaten a lot of gross foods. I think like probably insects, live insects are things that people gross out. I didn't really gross out about that. I think uh, something that was really, really gnarly is, it's a very good question. I've had so many bad ones. Insects are pretty good, dude. I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very satisfied with that well, answer. I didn't, yeah, I, I, I'm not satisfied. I'll, um, whew, there's some bad ones. You know what? Let's go on. Let's keep okay. it lightning. We'll keep it insects. Okay. If it comes to mind, I'm open, but insects is pretty good. And what word? Or eyes. Eyes of fishes, probably. Fish eyes? Yeah. They're How... actually pretty delicious, actually, but they kind of gross you out when it pops oh. for the first time, but then you're, they're actually delicious. So once you bite down on it, it has a little... Yeah, but it's actually, it's pretty good. It's probably full of DHA. I bet yeah. it's like the best DHA it, food yeah. ever. When when all like animal stuff, but the animal stuff can gross you out more than the plant stuff. Like I've eaten really gnarly tasting plant stuff, but it doesn't really like, gross you out even if the flavor is strong. Right. It's usually the animal products that sometimes freak you out for some reason. Yeah, but, yeah. But, Do you have you ever heard of Rocky Mountain oysters? Rocky Mountain oysters. Rocky oh, Mount- the bull, bulls. Yeah, balls. Yeah, I, they're actually pretty good. Cattle balls. You've, I've, had, you've tried I've them? had them in Spain. Yeah, they're oh, actually really? pretty delicious. I've. But I guess that is as well. This is gross. <laughs> okay, moving on. When I, when I was a kid in, Col- in Colorado, a lot of the ranchers would eat them. They fry them up. And I, yeah. was, I never tried it. I was like, hell no. I couldn't get yeah, my head on that Yeah, I had it in one. Andalusia. In cool. Spain. Uh, moving on to a little more uh, deep waters here. What word do you use for God? And why do you use that word? The big electron. The big electron. And, and why? why do I use it? Is, uh I think we're all one and it's vibrations. And I heard that from George Carlin and I thought that was a good word for it. Cool. I like that. I like George. You know what? I love George Carlin. I mean, a lot of his skits, but the one where he talks about how naive it is for humans to think they can save the world. It is a good global one. Warming I used to stuff. show it to all our new employees. <laughs> oh, that's cause, amazing. Because we're kind of trying to save the planet. It's right. just like, no matter how thin you slices, there's two sides. Show, yeah. show that video. Oh, this is so brilliant. I should actually bring it back now that we have a couple of new, a few new employees. That's so we a good should... company culture, like indoctrination. Like, hey, we're doing good stuff in the world, but let's not take ourselves I... too serious. Correct. Yeah. The world could literally sneeze and human beings like would have never so now existed. now you inspired me to show it to everyone. Awesome. What's the most profound spiritual experience you've had in your life? What single experience were you like, oh, wow, there's another dimension here? That's a very good one because um, something that was small, but at that time seemed huge. You know what I mean? So for example, when I had my knee injury, I was injected morphine. And that was like my only time of like heavy drug exposure. Like... In my book, heavy drug, like so, that was like um, a pretty wild, wild one. Saving a person's life, I guess, or seeing a dead person is the first time as a kid as well. That's a long story, but I'm not gonna. It's a lightning wow. round. Wow, those are pretty. And then, like, there's a lot of mushroom stories. 
but yeah. I'll go with those. Okay. Cool. Seeing a dead person saving a person's life and then uh, morphine. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I relate to the latter. <laughs> but, a few of those. Do you pray? And if so, what does that look like? Not in the concept of praying and for uh, a religious purpose. I have, there's a lot of self-talk and hopefully it's positive. So in that way, yes. And what it does. I used to have uh, the beats, the Catholic church, what is it called? Rosary. Rosary, yeah. And I used to buy those, even though I was not religious, I would carry it all the time. And I would just go from there. When there's multiple beads, I would say, moment by moment, step by step, I'll get better and better. Moment by moment, step by step, I'll get better and better. And when there's just that one bead, I would ask something specific in my life. So that's the closest I've been to a prayer. That's cool. I like that. Wow. But it was not a Christian thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the question is really meant to be open-ended. Like, what does that look like for you? I've, some people have answered like, oh, I just have this conversation with the great electron and we just talk and hang out. You know, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating to find out what's closest to people's hearts in terms of how they communicate. And that works for me today. Might not work for me tomorrow. Might be something else, but for now that's it. Do you meditate? And if so, what advice would you give to someone who has a hard time applying that practice? I've practiced meditation on and off for well over a decade. I've done like using sound, just a classic, you know, mindfulness, um, mantra based, but that didn't work for me. So if there's someone here that doesn't really get it, uh, I can, I, I, I was that. And just couldn't get it working consistently. And I also didn't see results, which is, mm. which is probably why I couldn't keep up with it because mm-hmm. I didn't see results. Mm-hmm. But I've seen results though with emptying my mind or getting to a state of trance and l- kind of letting go is through physical pain or struggle, long distance running, um, tough exercise, high intensity exercise, connecting with nature and mo- long periods like hiking through. Mm-hmm. And so pain and moving your body. So I would say like, use your body. Even the nail bed is an example right, of when you right. just have to focus on your breath. A ice bath. Ice bath is one of the easiest by far. Sauna, ice bath. Yeah. Like you will definitely meditate. Both That's in the true. heat and in the cold. And I think getting the body, ex- like dance, like through dance, you can actually, and as a guy, it's like, ah, I don't dance. You know? But that's probably using the physical attributes to help unlock the mind as well. Love it. Name one spiritual teacher or practice that you've tried and then abandoned and why. I guess you just kind of actually answered that Donald, about meditation. Donald Trump. But has there been like, <laughs> no, you know, I'm a kidding. guru or a book or philosophy <laughs> that you were really pumped about and then some time went by and you're like, eh, and you just got rid of it? No, I was I trying to make a joke about Donald Trump here, but um, <laughs> no. Um, if he was ever your guru, that would be an interesting yeah. story. No, I, I, I did love the, what was it? What was his TV show, Apprentice? Yeah. Oh, that was that, a great fucking show. Dude. That was like, I learned a lot about business from that. I don't show about business, but that, it was entertaining. AF. That show and um, Shark Tank, I think are really great for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spiritual teacher that I've abandoned television. Oh, good one. <laughs> Name your top five deserted island albums. 
um, albums. I was like, oh, the islands. I was like, oh, Kauai, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. North Shore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got the no, Koran, Palawan if I, Islands. If uh, I stranded you right now and you get five albums for the rest of your existence, what would they be? It would probably be a lot of best of albums. Of, of no, great. it's got to be one artist <laughs> per album. Best of Black Sabbath. Oh, okay, Black, okay, okay, okay. Best, of one band, okay. Yeah. Um, best of Black Sabbath. Nice. Best of Fate No More. Interesting. Best <laughs> That's of, random. Best of um, Daft Punk. Best of Nas. Wow. And I don't know what I want to listen to the whole album. Uiruma. It's like Y-I-R-U-M-A. And it's like a piano player. I think Korean. Plays, oh, interesting. Like, just plays piano. Pretty good. Wow. God, these are so... F- I love doing these Kings questions. of Convenience. Oh, crap. Okay, move on. Okay, so I'll give, give you six. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you cheat. Because you that was very uh, economic, too, to do the best of, because then you're not <laughs> trapped. For me, what I do with that one is I pick double albums. So it'd be like... <laughs> It'd be like um, the White Album, XL and Main Street, yeah, and also albums with multiple singers. Yeah, that's what I like to do. Just get your double albums in there. That way, you get two for one sale. What's there was one really good Black Sabbath double album. We sold our souls for rock and roll. Yep. It's a double album, so I would pick that one probably too. What's the craziest thing you've ever done to try to be healthy? Craziest thing, a lot of stuff. I guess the stem cell game. Like seemingly is pretty crazy, but is it? It's not really that crazy. Yeah, that's that. What is defined crazy is kind of a tough one. So, well, for example, I went through a period where uh, I was studying something called auto urine therapy, and that's where mm-hmm. you drink your own urine every yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Urine therapy. Done, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a and lot Navanita of mushroom. a lot of uh, efficacy to yeah. that practice. So that was something I tried in an effort to be healthy. I had like a shot glass of my own piss every morning, which some people would think. That no, extreme no, no. Or crazy. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually working on a little book around that. Oh, really? Yeah, I think uh, hopefully wow. that will come out. Yeah, so I, I, I don't consider that to be. I would say probably um, you will hate this answer, but like complete celibacy. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I'm that's why. I, that's why I said you will hate this because I knew you were doing it. I done, love done it. it. It's done the best it twice. Thing ever. And How long have you made it without boning? Uh, nine months. Okay. Oh, but I'm masturbation is, what, is I'm not counting masturbation. Okay, so I've done Wait, does celibate mean that you don't snap your no, carrot? No, but I think okay. it's if you go there, I think that's important as well. That's another level. That. I've never it, done that. I think it's like everything in moderation, including moderation. And I think like you should be above it. Like you should at least thrive to be in it when you're not attached to neither extreme. Like the extremes I think they're good to find your boundaries, but like you should find the place where you're comfortable. And you sh- I don't think anybody should be comfortable in any extreme for a prolonged time. Right. Because that's why it's extreme. You yeah. go to the extremes to push your boundaries, but if the boundaries doesn't push further, then you should find the middle ground for you. And for different people, the middle ground is in different place. But if this is your extreme and you're there constantly, I don't think that's healthy. Sage advice. I love that. Last question. What's the number one spiritual principle that you would recommend people live by? These number one questions are tough. It's I like, know. And they're, That's the point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Like what principle you live by doesn't matter? Or that in and of itself being a principle, like don't sweat it. It's, it's, it's on both of those because it doesn't <laughs> matter. We're just monkeys. The principle that it's yeah. all good. Yeah, it's okay. the big electron. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. I love it. All right. Where can people find you? Website, social media, et cetera. I'm bad with social media and our own website, but I'm on Instagram. I am tarot because that's who I am. Tarot, yes. T-E-R-O. <laughs> yes. And Four Sigmatic is F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C on everywhere, I guess. Yeah. Listeners to this show will have heard the word Four Sigmatic many, many times because hey, I've been... you might just got a new... Listener yeah. here. Yeah, I've been running his... your ads for like, I think almost the whole two years the show's been going. Yeah, so yeah. I'm very grateful to to use your guys' stuff and promote it. I love it. I have some in my room right now and I appreciate what you guys do. Thanks for being on the show, dude. Thanks, man. Yep, good times. Yeah. Well, that brings our first six interviews to a close. But as promised, I'm going to deliver to you Scott Lindy's encore performance where he comes in and gives us the full-on gory detail lowdown of what it was like to go see John of God in Brazil and the multidimensional experience he had while he left his body. Trippy stuff. But before we jump into that conclusion, I'd like to again thank our guests, Zen, Wildflower, Nishimura, Sahara Rose... Sabrina Riccio, Aaron Alexander, and Taro Isakalpula. What a brilliant group of people. I'd also like to thank you for listening as we dive in to part two with Scott Lindy. So funny thing happened with Scott here, you guys, is we just shut the mics off and then we started talking about the John of God thing and the story got really compelling. So I decided... We got to put the mics back on and get this in the interview. So tell us about what happened when you when you went to John of God in Brazil. This shit is crazy. So this is a, just a five-minute synopsis of what could take a long time to tell. But okay. basically, you fly down there. It's a big trip. You get there. So you stay for like two weeks or something. And you always stay in these little casitas, which are like little houses that are kind of blessed by the, the spirits or whatever. The experience of being down there is very thin veil, like... The multidimensional world and the physicality world is like of of pretty transparent divide. So the first day that I got there, we go in for the morning session and you're supposed to like write out what your request for some healing. I don't even remember what I wrote on there, but I brought that in and then you go before the guy that they call him the entity, this John of Joao de Dios, John of God, who's really just like a very normal guy in his normal life. But then he also has this thing where he, different spirits kind of drop into his body and he can do all this kind of healing stuff. So they do physical surgeries there as a part of the thing. And they're like spiritist, multidimensional physical surgeries. So basically I walked in the morning, got to feel the thing, handed him my thing. He goes, surgery. Uh, so then we go to lunch and I'm like, surgery, okay. So he's, he picks certain people to do that with and then Everybody some people kind just... Everybody lines up and you just go through and then like a different entity kind of drops in. There's a bunch of them that drop in and then they, they might do like something right there on the spot where they just go like... And then you walk away and you feel better or something changes or whatever. Or other times people go a lot and they just get saturated with that. And I guess maybe every once in a while he says like, oh, come back for a surgery and so you can you go in the afternoon, you go in this back room as this afternoon session starting, and there's maybe 50 people, and maybe 30 people. There's like maybe a thousand people out in the front room. But the surgery people are in this side room. There's a group there. They're talking in Portuguese, 
and I don't really understand what's going on. And then hands go up and then hands go down, but I just keep my hand up. And then and they're like, oh, okay, now you guys are all going to get physical surgeries and all the rest of you are already getting your spiritual surgery. So y'all just chill out over here. And then I don't really know what happened next, but I was, uh, the next thing I remember was I was told to like, go walk over here and just stand here and just close your eyes. And now there is a, there is a rose quartz crystal that no kidding is like six foot wide by six foot tall, like super gemmy, like mega generator, huge crystal right there. And then there's draws like chair that he sits in and I'm standing out in front. And so I'm just standing there. I've got my eyes closed and I get like this wave of, it's like anesthesia hitting your blood. I mean, they call it like a spiritual anesthesia or something like that, but felt super altered. And then, and I'm standing there and then I hear this like click, click, click. And it's like a mechanical, think of almost like a transformer or like a peacock. It was like, the feeling was like my field was opening up and it was like, click, 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 like twice this, twice the width of my arms. If I had them stretched out, like all fanned out, like huge and it kind of cubicle, like, and so I'm just there going like, wow, this is getting really, really real right now. And then I feel someone come by my arm and they, he says just like, you know, in Portuguese, something that I understood to be just like, take my arm. So this is John of God and I'm holding onto his arm and I can't see anything. I'm like totally like outside, you know, something is very significant is like happening in my body that I'm just going, it's like jumping in the river and just going with the flow of this. So I surrender into that. And then we walk along out to the main room and there's and you can hear all of these people praying in Portuguese and there, and it brings me up on this stage thing and then has me stand against the wall there. And there's like, it was so intense. There's like a thousand people saying like the hail Mary in Portuguese and they're very focused. At least it felt like on the person that's there getting there, something's going to happen. Right. So I could feel all this attention and energy and like, all this Portuguese is going on. And then I kind of open my eyes a little bit and I see this guy walk over with this metal tray with all kinds of like equipment on it. Implements maybe. Damn. Rudimentary surgical things, knives, hemostats, clips, clamps, little (laughs) saws, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so I'm like kind of open my eyes and I see that there. And then I look forward and I see, John of God and he's all like in his white and he's so he reaches over and he pulls this hemostat off and he clips a cotton gauze to the end of it. And this thing is like eight inches long beyond the finger clamper thing with this white. Like what ball. I used to hold roaches with, like when I smoked weed when I was a kid. I always had hemos as a so, as a roach clip. You, you didn't want to stain those beautiful hands. <laughs> <laughs> I was very dainty about yeah. my weed smoking. <laughs> I didn't want to burn my fucking finger. <laughs> yeah, we used to we'd be like, bro, where's the hemos? We'd call them hemos. Okay. Well, hemos? Another use for a, yeah. a tool. So, so carry on with the surgery. Much more interesting so than hemo use. I like open my eyes halfway and I see him there and he's getting this thing ready. And then he reaches up 
and pulls my hairline back and my head goes against the back of the wall. And then I just kind of barely open as I see this thing kind of coming towards my face. And then I close my eyes and then I felt way down in my throat, like way down here, this dry, scratchy, like feeling, but like down here. This is, by the way, my head, (laughs) my head is tilted back, but this rigid piece of stainless steel is on a clip with this. So he puts it in and then he proceeds to start turning it and cranking it as I can hear and feel the sound and the feeling inside of my head of this like crunching sound as he's rotating this thing. I've seen the videos of this shit. (laughs) And I thought it was like a magic trick because you're like, dude, how is eight inches of metal? Like it would go into someone's brain. Like how somebody? I had another friend down there that had it done and they said it felt like an ice pick on the back of their head. So it's like, I don't know, maybe you need it in different places, but wow. So that was super, and I started coughing because it was like in down in my throat. And then they pull it out. I'm like, oh my god, that was so. Yeah, there was blood on the cotton thing. And then um, it was like that was so intense. And then they just there's a little gurney chair thing. You just go and they kind of direct you and you sit down in that and they wheel you off and they put you in this infirmary. And then I couldn't really, I don't know, even I was like not seeing anything. It was just like they're like. The spirit, the entities are here with you. They're taking care of you. Everything's going to be fine. Drink this holy water. It's like, wow. oh my God, okay. What about the ice scraping? That was a, that was the couple days oh, later. Oh, oh okay. After, so we just, we want to talk about all this or just one? No, you got to give us the, you know, the Well, the really cool, the interesting version. thing about the, about after the first one, yeah. is you go back to your casita and you literally sleep like 20 hours. Wow. I mean, I did. That's, I just was out, you know, kind of like barely come to, to crawl to the bathroom, to go to the bathroom. And then you go back and you're just like out. So there's, it's almost as if there's like, you've got the book of your life. And then there's like, you're just grabbing chunks of pages and flipping them by and all kinds of stuff is happening. You don't really know what's going on. Wow. Fucking crazy. And so what was the end result? Do you, do you feel that you were healed of anything or were there? No, not it, really, but it was cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he lived to tell the tale. I've it was a good been, experience. I've always been chuck cur- it up for that. Like, I've really like committed to this one. You did the John of God <laughs> thing, bro. Like that's something that is, that is a feat to be accomplished in the world of us woo woo people. So, and to speak to that, I mean, it's like, sometimes I think it's really well intentioned, but and also like some of the more recent kind of new pseudo I don't I don't want this to sound like disparaging, but like some of the woo-woo stuff that maybe doesn't have a tradition or a like when we're talking about the herbs. If there's not a lineage, like if there's not some like vein of tradition that's going into this stuff. It's kind of open to like all kinds of interpretations. So just be aware when we're going to someone to learn, like where did they learn that from? Who were their teachers? Who were their people that influenced them? Yeah. Um, Instead of just going like, you know, because there is an impetus, there's a, there's a yearning inside of, I, I think many of us, maybe all of us and some different variant levels to like become closer to spirit, to, connect more deeply with ourselves to connect more deeply with whether it's nature or the G O D version of, of the divine or 
whatever that looks like. And so that we want to celebrate that desire and then encourage also to, to like do practices and things that are rooted in something. Love it, dude. Well, thanks for coming back for the part two. We, we couldn't not get that on tape. And thank you to my friend, Ellie. It's like, you sure you don't want to record this story? Sometimes, dude, the, the coolest shit happens when the mics are off. So I'm glad we, we put them back on. So now we will end the interview officially. Part two of your part one is now over. Thanks thank for you. joining me, bro. All right, here we go. This is the end. No, for real this time. I told you that encore from Scott was going to be worth it though, right? What a trip that situation was. Fantastic guest on today's show. I want to thank you for listening. If you made it to the end, you are in fact a diehard and I love diehards. I love hardcore people because I'm hardcore. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way, which is why I put out this monster episode and I appreciate you listening. If you want to listen to more, which I'm guessing that you do if you're hearing my voice right now, you definitely don't want to miss next week's episode with Ryan Muncy. To make sure that you don't miss that episode or any episode to follow, it's super easy. Just subscribe to the show. Look down at your phone or your computer right now and click subscribe. Ding. You get your old pal Luke show every week. All right, check it out. Then we've got two events coming up. We've got uh, One Taste in Venice, California, July 26th and Next Health in Century City, California, which is basically Los Angeles, August 22nd. You can go to lukestory.com forward slash events and check that out. I also really want to take a moment to remind you that lukestory.com forward slash store is like bursting at the seams. I've put together 20 years of my favorite biohacking products, supplements, health products, fitness products, etc., at my store. And it's a great way for you to go get everything that I've vetted and tried and that I recommend all in one place. It's also a great way to support all of the brands that I love and even to support the show in some cases, because I do have affiliate relationships with many of the brands, not all of them, but many of the brands that I work with. So if you go to the store, you're supporting the show, you're supporting me, you're supporting yourself. You know how? Oh, in more ways than one, you're supporting yourself at lukestory.com forward slash store because it not only saves you time of having to go research all of this junk yourself, but it saves you money because most of the time I'm able to give you exclusive discount codes at the store. So jump over to lukestory.com forward slash store where I've got everything meticulously organized and categorized according to your lifestyle. I'd also like to give another special thanks to Angela Hartman for helping to make this episode possible. And uh, last but totally, totally not least, let's I should just say this first, is our sponsors. Yay, round of applause for our sponsors, without whom this show would literally not be happening because frankly, they pay for it. Okay, Athletic Greens. You can go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. And if it's your first visit over there, you're going to get 20 free travel packs valued at 99 bucks. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. I have two bags of this stuff in my refrigerator right now. I use it all the time. It tastes good. It's hella good for you. It's super convenient and way easier than taking a handful of 45 vitamins. Okay, next up, we've got Organifi. Now, Organifi has a number of different products. They also have a really great green powder, different than Athletic different than Athletic Greens, but still very good. But what I want to plug here is the Organifi Gold. So go to Organifi.com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi with an I, 
When you get over to Organifi.com forward slash Luke, use the code lifestylist and save 20%. Organifi Gold is my nightly uh, go sleepy time drink. I make myself a really delicious golden latte with some ghee or coconut oil. It's a nice warm drink. I mean, you can make it cold, but at night I like a nice warm drink. It's very relaxing. It's got turmeric and all these amazing calming herbs. And um, it's just freaking delicious. And it's a great way to trick your friends into thinking you know how to make a really good herbal elixir. (laughs) Whenever I have people over, I'm like, hey, want me to make you like a special herbal elixir? And I literally just heat up Organifi gold and and throw it in the Vitamix with some tasty fats. And they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I don't give up my secret to them, but I'm going to give it up to you. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. All right, I'm checking out. This has been a truly epic, and I use that word a lot, but this was an epic episode. And I want an epic episode. There you go. I want to thank you so much for joining me on this one. If you could do me one massive favor, just the last thing I'm going to say before I drop the mic figuratively and quite literally and go to bed myself after my Organifi Gold is if you could please share this episode with one or two friends. You know, I love doing the show. It's a labor of love. Uh, but it is a lot of work. And the more people that listen to the show, the more successful it is. And the more successful it is, the more opportunities this show avails me. In other words, I can get bigger and better, more interesting guests and improve the quality of the show production-wise, website-wise, graphic design, everything that I'm doing as the Lifestylist brand. So just by sharing this show with a friend or two, uh, you'd be doing a hell of a lot to support that mission. And also hopefully the person that you share it with, you know what I'm saying? Because if you're deriving benefit from these episodes that I'm churning out every week, or in this case, twice a week, uh, chances are that people in your life would also benefit. So click on your little podcast player thingy somewhere there and you'll find a button that says share. Just text it to a couple friends and uh, you'll be doing me and the world and yourself a favor. Thank you so much from the deepest, deepest pit of my heart for listening to the Lifestylist Podcast. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.